the girl hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line brawl to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morasky teeing off on one another. And Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. Right, right. He's not that Ramson. He's just lost. Still Grimson. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Grimson. He- this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnie Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. Oh. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left oh. hand by Wade Bielek. Chris Nyland on a penalty shot. Scores! Bugard down the wing. Bugard bombs away. All right, and here we are on the Five for Fighting podcast after we've been going on for probably about 30 minutes now, but we have a nice little roundtable discussion going on, and of course we have uh, previous podcast guest, Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast, and one of the smartest guys you'll ever fucking meet, Mr. Dr. Chris Manatee. <laughs> Boys, how we do tonight? Way. Yeah. Long, long way to be a doctor. Uh, you know, long way still to go. No, we'll give you that. We'll give you the, the or was it the Tiger King, the Doc Antle fucking, we'll give you that label. There you go. Mystical Sciences. Mystical I'll take sciences. it. There you go. And of course, fourth line voice, Darren, how you doing tonight, man? I right, know. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm hanging out with a better class of losers tonight, so we're. Uh, I'm ready to roll. Maybe just Chris. I don't know. Not me, because of course you know we never got our grade fucking tens <laughs> like Ricky compared to this motherfucker. So well, um, if I had gone down to the states, wouldn't it have been easier? That's what Ricky said. There you go. Yeah, exactly. It would have been easier. Depends <laughs> on the city. Yeah, worst case Ontario. Come down to Florida. Our education is not what you call the best at all. <laughs> um, but no, gorilla see, egg. gorilla do. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so we'll get a round table going here. I mean, we'll, we'll fuck. Let me pull them up here. I gave you guys topics as I was at work, and you know, real professional of me. I barely even fucking remember what they are at this point. So um, you know, I'm really doing a good job over here. But you know, we got some things to talk about, and we'll see how many we actually get to. Um, but you know, fucking day, we'll we'll just pick one here. So, um, fucking day, we'll talk about favorite fights of all time. So, Chris, I guess we'll we'll kick it off with you, Mister uh, Mister Doctor Chris. I mean, there are some great ones. I'm if it, for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm a native of St. Louis, and so the Blues are my team. Uh, well, they were, but uh, I can think of some classic. Uh, but when 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 I think off the top of my head, some more recent ones. Uh, Chris Stewart versus Mark Stewart is a good one. It's a good example of, uh, you know, sticking up for a teammate. Uh, that is, you know, Alex Petrangelo gets hit kind of a little bit up high and he was kind of, you know, I mean, you know, Alex Petrangelo today and we can talk about his performance before that, <clears throat> but he was an up and coming, uh, prospect and he gets hit up a, a little bit high. So Stewart jumps off the bench and go, makes a beeline right for Mark Stewart and beats the wheels off of him. And that is, you know, kind of to the T sticking up for a teammate there. Uh, but then also just kind of top fights in general. 
Uh, a great guy to look up would be uh, Joel Terrio. Thoral Terrio. Terrio is, I think, the French French pronunciation. If you want to want to do the really shitty English one, it's like Therio or Therialt. So I'm not uh, saying anything. Uh, Dean Mayrad yells at me every time. <laughs> oh, just fucking Dino getting after you. And I know Dino's fucking yeah. listening to this damn thing too. I don't. I don't need. I don't need him tracking me down. Oh, but yeah. I'll, I'll... I'll just say I'm from St. Louis, and there's a lot of bastardized French in that city. So I'm just going to say, you know, Thoreau. So you look oh, up. Greased <laughs> by Mayrand. <laughs> you look up Joel Thoreau, and he's got some phenomenal fights. Uh, the one with uh, Morasti, where they're talking to each other, that is epic. I mean, you get the break music breakdown before the fight, and they're circling. And then mid-fight, they're yelling at each other and pumping up the crowd and, you know, throwing bombs. And it's just something out of this world. And then he's also got another fight with a guy that I would say is pretty, like, underappreciated in uh, Alex Penner, who's another LNAH guy. And uh, if you don't know who that guy is, he's a, he's a bad man also. So I'd recommend you look up that fight. Weapon X. Weapon <laughs> yeah. X, that was his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah no joke a, and i don't know why people don't know about it oh, well it's the lnh thing probably because you're not a it, it's like a it's like a niche thing like anything uh, of course like this fucking podcast um but no it's like you know that some people have a really big distaste for the lnh so unless i think you're really into it people won't probably won't know who alex penner is um but yeah like you said man fucking oh, oh, of course terrio absolute legend <laughs> in the lnh and uh, I, I, I think I agreed with you beforehand, too, that that, that fight with Marash, he's probably my favorite. And there's a couple things as to why that one is my favorite, because there's so many good fights out there, of course, so many good hockey fights over the years. Um, but I think it's because they were both at the tail end of their careers, and they were both on the back nine, and they just didn't give a shit, and they still went out, and they did they just put on a show for the fans, and they knew what they were there for, because it's the LNH. And it's about, and just another reason too. The LNH, I mean, it's on its it's on its back nine. I think as far as uh, its longevity and uh, you know everything that the aura around it. But they just didn't give a shit. They still went out and the, it was like the ultimate throwback to the original. Oh, I guess original, but like the prime LNH, like the 0506. They got the dance with the devil, the cheap air horns <laughs> yeah. going off. They got the train horn going off. All that shit, and you got Morasti and Terrio. Terrio's like yelling at him, pumping up the crowd, and Morasti's doing the same thing. And then even afterwards, after the game, they both sat there and took fucking pictures together for the fans. Like, I mean, how can you not appreciate that? They knew what they were there for, and yeah, people are not going to like it. Oh, it wasn't a spur-of-the-moment fight. Fuck off. I mean, that that fight was out of this world. So yeah, that's definitely one of mine, too, and I, 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 I got to agree with you. That's probably my favorite fight. Actually, the more I think about it, even though Morasti and Bosse is up there where they're both yep. bloody and screaming at each other, that one's probably a close second. Um, but yeah, the Morasti and Terrio, that's definitely got to be it. Or Thoreau, excuse me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, A. But, uh, you know, Darren, what would you say would be your favorite fight, man? Um, oh, shit. I mean, it's so hard, right? I mean, I've seen so many. And, right. I mean, but there, I mean, it's different, it, you know, like different fights for different reasons. I mean, you know, anytime, I mean, you have the list, and, oh, Tasker at San, you know, well, yeah. I mean, shit like that. Horta Chuck and Engelstad, you know, because that was, because the, the interesting thing with that fight is, one, I was friends with Mel, and I knew Darcy, talked to him, and he, of course, he was a Saskatoon Blade, right? So I watched him basically grow up. And uh, so, you know, to see him 
And that was his first professional fight was against Engelstad. And that fight that everyone's seen, that was Darcy Hordachuk's first pro fight. So it, um, so that was pretty cool. I mean, that's a hell of a fucking pro debut, right? So, um, you know, that was pretty cool. I will say probably in person, um, of course, you know, going to the junior games and stuff, we didn't have pro or NHL around here, but junior, which was really cool. Cause again, you get to see them all as like teenager, 18, 19, 20 year olds. So you can kind of see them progress and then you see them in pro later. But, um, of course we had Wade Belak here in Saskatoon. So watching him and he was sort of, you know, probably, probably the heavyweight champ at the time, give or take, you know, and Rocky Thompson was also in the league. And that was the other rumor is like, well, Rocky is sort of chomping at the bit because everybody was saying Belak was the number one guy. <laughs> Apparently that pissed Rocky off because he's like, oh, I'm the number one guy. <laughs> and their collision course was going to happen in Saskatoon. And we all went to that game and we were pumped up and it did not take long. It was like a couple minutes into the first period and uh, they, had a, they had an awesome fight. And uh, anybody listening, go to Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. That fight is on my YouTube channel. And... Uh, <laughs> It is. I mean, you look at it now. Is it ta- like is it punch numbers like Tasker and Sen? No, but it was a really good fight, and for us, it was just the 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 aura around the fight and the build up to it and everything. That's sort of what makes it memorable in my mind. Because I mean, I saw eight million fights of Saskatoon Blades games with the guys that we've had come through town, but that one, there's some that stick in your mind for different reasons, and that one definitely stuck in my mind. But uh, yeah, they were both given as good as they were getting, and it was uh, it was pretty good. But yeah. uh, and then I mean, in the NHL, everybody, you know, I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. I mean, uh, you know, all of Probert's, you know, Probert's battles with Crowder and Domi over the years, oh, and yeah. and I always said the, the real cool thing with Probert is Probert lost a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. I should a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. He lost, but he did. Like some people, sometimes people talk like he just never lost, and that's not true. He did, but the thing with Probert is he always got his revenge. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the one thing, and it was always, you know. So, a few there's a few guys towards the end he didn't get revenge on, but in his prime and stuff, like when Crowder got him, he got him oh, back. Yeah, when Domi yeah. got him, although I don't know if Domi ever really got him. Everybody, I don't think you he know, did. I, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people yeah, say that. Him, but, yep. He cut him, but yeah, like cut- visually, I think I don't even think Domi landed more punches personally. But yeah, no. he, he cut him, so it's that visual aesthetic that people think he won. But yeah. like you said, I don't, yeah. think, I don't think Domi won that fight. No, I've, I've flip flopped, but I, I, you know, I think it was more of a show, like the show win. The show win went to Domi. The oh, real yeah. actual fight win went to Probert. Yeah. Well, yeah, because here's this like, who is this five foot eight guy <laughs> that's hanging with the king? Like, no one knows who he is. It's in Madison Square Garden, you know. And here, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he's doing the belt and everything, which nobody had really done before. And it was like, I remember when Domi came up, like, we, because again, he was an OHL guy. So I didn't even know who he was. And then all of a sudden, we hear this rumor oh, you got to see this little midget beat up Prober with the Rangers. I remember watching it. I hated Ty Domi. I hated him for the showboarding, and I'm like, "What is he? Show- he didn't even win. What? Like, I could, and he he'd do it after all of his fights. He's doing the speed bag thing speed bag again. Bag this was all new. Sh- yeah, this was all new shit. No one, I I had never seen anyone do that before. So it's like, who is this goof? He's doing this. He's not even winning these fights. And because it, it's funny, years later, I mean, I love Tidomi now, but and I learned to love him when you know later on. But when he first came up with the Rangers, I couldn't stand him. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and he unfollowed that. me on Twitter, which kind of makes me a little bit. Oh, that's right. no. Domi unfollowed you? Brutal. I'm like, what did I do, Ty? What did I do? Ty, say it ain't so, Ty. Ty, if you're listening, which I highly doubt you are, but please, for the love of God, give, give our man a follow. Again, wow. at least, refollow All, all I've ever done is pump your tires, and you go and shit on me like that? <laughs> I think you just probably pissed off at notice what happened to him in the Probert Invitational Tournament, maybe. Ooh, do it. A, I, a I, second round elimination, he figured I was at the I was at the, I was the root of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's at the whims of the people, and there are a lot of lesser educated fight fans out there kind of swaying those victories, I would say. Which is surprising because oh, it's the there... fucking Leaf fans is normally what fucking sways those damn things. So you'd think Dolby yeah, would be winning. He was probably hot because I used the Jets pitcher. There you go. <laughs> do I, it. I killed this momentum. You know, <laughs> I, completely did, I completely did that on purpose, too, just to pay the Leaf fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those Leaf fans will stack the fucking ballots, yeah. man. They're, they're, oh, no, I love they're not playing Wade, around. I like, I like putting the Wade Belak pitcher when he was in Nashville. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, Leaf fans make up probably about seventy five percent of hockey Twitter? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, my timeline for sure. Like when when that and uh, I would say them and uh, Flyer fans are the yep. two two biggest people on my timeline that I see. Yeah, yeah. I would have guessed Boston, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Oh, I was yeah, because if you had Colton Orton, you should have put him in a fucking Boston jersey over a uh, Toronto one. <laughs> I, I, I would just say those Boston people end up being so toxic that they can only get along with each other. So you're not really going to see them across your timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. I I I dislike all fans equally. <laughs> all New exactly. Age fans to me just seem like just clowns. So I can't stand 95 percent of hockey Twitter to begin with. I don't care who you cheer for. That's fair. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, like you were saying, though, with the uh, with, with seeing a fight in person, I mean, one that sticks out to me, of course, was uh, I think I mentioned it before in, I don't know, some previous episode. I was probably drunk. Um, <laughs> was, you know, Andre Juan fucking uh, Andrew Peters when Andre Juan came back for the Lightning, and that was his first fight back. And I I remember we had gone to a couple games, and he was scratched. He was scratched for, I, I, like, I want to say, like, almost nine games in a row. And... The whole crowd, because they found out he was he was in the lineup. The whole crowd in that entire arena it was the, it was the St. Pete Times Forum at the time. Um, I still call it the damn Ice Palace, but uh, <laughs> the whole the whole entire arena, you know, is we want war, we want war. And he goes yep. out there and he, I mean, he didn't. I don't think he dummied Peters. He definitely got the better of him. But I mean, the 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 arena was just ridiculous. Like I like I. I I don't think I've ever felt the atmosphere in an arena like that again. Or maybe maybe the Kanopka and Steckel fight was pretty good because Kanopka pumped him in that fight, and that was like the Lightning were doing terrible that year. And Kanopka was like the only source of entertainment because they weren't winning games. But luckily, somehow, someway, they were just rolling through uh, Washington. And I, the score was like maybe 6-2 to two or something like that. And Kanopka just pumped Steckel in the corner, and that, that place was going crazy too, but... Yeah, for as far as like seeing seeing a fight in person, those two stick out. But I think the Juan Peters one was probably probably the best one I saw live as far as like I guess the Lightning games go. I can't really remember the some of the Mallards fights. So yeah, I'd say that would have to be the one. Chris, do you remember any things that you saw like I guess live at a at a Blues game? I'm getting goosebumps, buddy. I, oh, yeah. I mean, like I think the topic of talking about fights live something's got to be explored. I mean. 
like to me, it was almost like a spiritual experience to go to a hockey game with the Blues, right? And I'm not talking about like woo woo spiritual. Like Doc, I'm Antle, talking about like Doc like, Antle. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like what gets you up in the morning. Like you know, you've got that beat in your chest. Yeah, you used to be excited. Yeah, you're going to a hockey game. Yeah, be excited as shit. Like you're like, oh, get me off work or get me out of school. I'm going to the fucking game tonight, baby. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you buy those tickets, like you're you're buzzing, you know. And then whether that's a week, two weeks, a month, a day, doesn't matter. You're buzzing the whole time, and you wear your jersey, your sweater, you know, all day. And then you go to the game, and like to be in the game, and there's a storyline like within the game, which we've lost now, but like in person, you see like two guys bump early in the game and you're like, okay, that guy last game did this. I wonder if there's going to be problems or in the game, somebody gets an elbow up or whack somebody you shouldn't. And you're like, okay, well next time I'm going to be watching when they're on the ice together. And you've got this buzz, this storyline carrying you through the game. Well, I went to a blues uh, Panthers game and the Blues were just, like, flying that year, and the Panthers were kind of in a – I think they picked it up later in the season. Uh, but at the very beginning, they were just horrible. And the Blues were whomping them. It was like 7-2 to or something. And it, it didn't actually turn out to be a fight, but it's still, like, the emotion of the game, right? So, like, a couple of Blues players get ejected for roughing, and a couple of Florida Panthers players get ejected, and then the whole Scott Trade Center – well, I guess it's Enterprise Center now, which is dumb. It should be Enterprise Arena, if I'm being real. But Scott Trade Center, right? The whole place is like, Reeves! Reeves! And you got Hitchcock, like, looking around. <laughs> and he throws, he throws Reeves on the ice. And uh, I think uh, Scotty Upshaw, like, they're lined up next to each other. And I'm like, God bless Scotty, Scotty Upshaw. He's a good guy. But he fucking elbows Reeves, like, right in the face. And then they rough, and then they get thrown out of the game. But, like, and I could go back to other fights in person, but that is a perfect example, I would say, of, like, the the emotion that we've lost in, in seeing that kind of stuff in person. Oh, you know? yeah, no like, doubt. No going doubt. to a game is not a spiritual experience in any, in any way anymore. You know, like, what are you going to do? You're going to see Pong. You're paying 80 bucks to go see Pong. It is, man. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Like, you know, I get a, I go to the games now, and I, it's funny. I go to more games now than I actually watch on TV because I think I maybe watch two games all fucking season. Yeah. And it's like I'll go to the games, but, like, one day I'm, I'll never forget – I got off work one day and my father-in-law called. He's like, Hey, I got extra tickets to the lightning game. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I was like, I'll go there for you. Cause of course, you know, I'm trying to spend time with the father-in-law. So it's all right. But I'm like, God, it's just not the same. And I'll tell the fiance the same thing. Like, I think it was last season. I was, I went to like, I think six games and it got to the point. He was like, Oh, you want to go? I was like, listen, babe, you got to fucking go. Cause I'm done with this. Like I can't, I, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. So, um, yeah, it's just it's not it's not the same anymore. You don't get that atmosphere anymore. It's it's a, it's a feeling you can only describe if you've been there, and you right. know you like you've seen it live and you felt it live because it just doesn't happen anymore. Like you look at the I mean, like we talked about Probert and Domi earlier. All of MSG was there for the heavyweight title fight, hyped up in the papers and the whole place. As soon as Probert and Domi lined up, the place was just buzzing. And you won't get an atmosphere like that again. 
And so yeah. I, I guess, well, I mean, fuck, we can bring it to the next topic, uh, you know, because obviously none of us here watch hockey anymore. Well, <laughs> we watch highlights on Twitter and, you know, it is what it is. But and I think we talked about it before on the original episode. But, you know, for those listening, and I, Darren, I know you said you just kind of stopped watching sports altogether. But when did you kind of really start getting out of out of hockey, you know, like with everything going on and how the rules change, when did you kind of notice yourself not really caring? And I know you didn't have a favorite team per se, but just like, you're like, you're really out of the game. Like, what am I watching kind of deal? Um, yeah, I don't know. It was probably, well, there was a bunch of like outside factors to it. Like I was working night shift at the casino and stuff. So it was like, you know, that, that obviously cut into watching hockey, but, um, probably mid two thousands, I would say, or two thousand eight nine ten ish around there like it basically came down to really i would you know hit drop your gloves or whatever watch the fights that happened and that was about it i mean i didn't and i mean outside of betting on sports i was just uh i never really i just didn't i just stopped i always say once you get older than the players it sucks. It's a little weird to be like a die. Yeah, you guys aren't there yet. Believe me, when you get there, either that or the guys you grew up with, their kids are playing. Oh. Uh, then it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's like, you know, you don't, I can't identify with them anymore. When you're like 23 or 24, you can identify with the players because they're the same age. When you're 44, it's like, other than Yager, I got nobody. Right? <laughs> so, and it's, so it's like, okay, I'm like, yeah. You got, so you got just, Jumbo Joe. You got Jumbo Joe still. You got That's two true. guys. <laughs> That's true. But it was just like, yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of mid-2000s, I guess I lost interest. And it was just, uh, yeah, and, it's, and nothing really points to, it was basically just outside. It was just basically, you know, what happened in my life at the time, just with work and everything else. And like I said, then I, I move in with my now wife at the time. We moved into the apartment. She hates sports. So we have, and we have one TV. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to make her much like she's not going to make me watch like days of our lives. Although she does, um, I'm not going to make her watch sports. So it was like, I just stopped watching and I didn't really, other than highlights, I'd always, I was like a sport, well, sports desk, or I guess for you guys, ESPN, I was like a highlights guy. That was it. And then it was like, yeah, watch that at night. And it was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm good. You know, if the boys came over, we'd watch it. It's, although I always say it was, with, it's weird with my wife. She hates sports, but she can play sports very well. It's kind of strange. It's the farm thing, I think. But yeah, she's got she's got that farmer strength from fucking bailing, oh, yeah. bailing hay all day. Damn it! Oh, it could hit a ball and a, a golf ball and a baseball a mile. Could skate circles around me, just but yeah, but hate. yeah. <laughs> she jerseys yeah, but, you and just pumps you on the ice. Well, that's how I even it all up. Oh yeah, we're gonna play a little obstruction here. Is what we're gonna do. Yeah, give, a yeah, for you. give a yeah. couple hooks and a couple cross. Oh, I go, there. I go completely 1985 rules, <laughs> yeah. and I can keep up perfectly. Yeah, but it's uh, no, it's just I think it was just a lifestyle thing more than anything. It wasn't like all of a sudden I just started screaming at the T. I mean, I scream at the TV now, but uh, you know, it wasn't that. Oh, this is getting shitty. I'm not watching anymore. It was just. I was working nights and didn't outside of highlights. I didn't watch. And then, and then eventually when like friends or something would come over, be drinking beers, be watching. And by this point, it's like, you know, 2015 or 16 or mm, I remember that's it. watching it. It's that's just like, end. I look over at my friend. It's what are we, what are we watching? Like, what is that's this? the end? Oh yeah. Like we're yeah. drinking beers and bullshit, but you're kind of paying attention, like kind of watching, 
And then you start to realize there is nothing happening, like physically. And it's just like no one's getting mad or else something like somebody might hit someone cheap or something. And then no one does anything. And it's just like, I remember, you know, and then, of course, if I go visit my brother in Calgary, I mean, yeah, when we'd be over there, he'd have the Flames games on every once in a while and we'd watch it. And I think he out of. I don't know. I don't even know why we were watching it because despite him playing and everything at a very high level, he freaking hated it too. But you <laughs> watch it, and the two of us would just like yell at the TV, and like eventually the wives would just be like, "Why are you change the channel then? Like, what are you doing? Or go to the basement and shut up. We don't want to listen to you." So my brother and I are in the basement getting hammered, yelling at the flames, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, you know, it was yeah. I don't, it's just it was just different times, man. It was strange. I was gonna say going back though, when you asked me about fights that I've seen live, yep, go ahead. Watching your brother fight live is wild. Oh, that that's got to be crazy. I that can was. imagine. Yeah, well, well, you want to help him? You right? said he like, fought Morasti you know, too, right? I was there when he fought Morasti and Kindersley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was that beat like, him, man? Oh, he beat, beat him. him. Yeah. Well, but he was 20 and Morasti was 17. Right. Morasti was 17 and he looked like he was 12. I was about to say, he was probably, was like, ma- like, he was probably already at his now. max fucking height at that time, too. <laughs> well, he had the max height, but it was, it was pre-protein powder, right? So it was, uh, you know, he's about a buck 65 and he, you know, and he had a little skateboarder hair and it was just like, and he was chasing my brother around for the whole first period. My brother didn't want to fight him because it was like, my brother was like 6'1". It wasn't like he was like Bugard out there, but... You know, at the same time, he was, he was like their best player and their captain. So it wasn't like he was a tough guy or he wasn't a goon. But, I mean, he fought. But he had no business fighting Morasti. It was like, you know. But finally, it was just like, okay, fine. Off the second period, the opening faceoff. He's like, all right, let's go. It was a good fight. But, but at the time, like, who was John? Like, no one knew who he was at the time. Looking back on it now, it's funny. But at the time, he was just some little midget that played for Kindersley with a bad haircut and looked like a child. <laughs> you know? And it's like, but it was funny. But oh, yeah, like, like my brother fought, uh, oh, I mean, people listen. I, lots of my, Jay Banich, uh, Marco Cefalo, Leon DeLorme. Like, he fought. Uh, oh, DeLorme, I know. Yeah, he played yeah. with the Laval Chiefs there that one year. Uh um, Stephen Reed, who played, he was in that hockey enforcers, the guy that beat yes, fucking Link Gates. My brother yeah. fought him. Big fucking cocky uh, Link in the goddamn battle. Of the <laughs> he, did. he did. And then he played with Wade, and Wade Brookbank was his defense partner. No, so wow. him, and, him, and, him and Wade fought every practice. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how we learned. He was 16 and Wade was 20 and the heavyweight champion of the league. So he taught, yeah. my, he taught my brother how to fight. Yeah, so, and he would tell my brother, okay, I'll take the big ones, you take the little ones. So, <laughs> he said that really helped him out. So, but yeah, no, I, I, in about four, I think we played four years of junior A and had, I don't know, probably about 50 fights. So, well, God meanwhile, damn. being a, you know, three-time all-star and I got a college scholarship. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was just a goon, you know. So. <laughs> and he, and he, and there's my, there's my reference point for college hockey, which he absolutely hated. And said it was <laughs> times dirtier than any junior A game he ever played. Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, you, and he uh, played the nineties when it was a junk when it was called Jungle A. Yeah. You, you interviewed uh, Jeff Otter's son, right, Dakota? Yeah, and he was talking about just how dirty college hockey is these days. Well, that's a, and that's in Canadian university hockey, and they wear <laughs> half visors up here. Yeah, they don't wear full cages in university hockey in Canada. They wear half visors. Right. But yeah, but they still can't fight. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as dirty as the full cage American. But yeah. 
but still, oh yeah. It's, and I always laugh at these people that college hockey. Oh, it's so much cleaner because they don't fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so <laughs> vicious. The people oh, saying that have never played college hockey, though. That's the difference. Oh yeah, ask well, any player. I haven't released it yet, or the uh, the interview yet at this point. And of course, when this, whenever this episode comes out, but uh, yeah, I interviewed Bruce Watson. Well, of course, you guys know, and uh, we we talk about college hockey for a, a little bit there, and he talks about the cage, and he was like, "Fuck, you take like five cross checks to the face, like goddamn." And you know, but yeah. everybody everybody says, "Oh, it's cleaner cages are what we need." But yeah, fuck my brother. Had, my brother had to replace his mask three times in four years in college because it got Jesus. it got caved in with a cross check. Jesus Christ! Yeah. No, but he goes. It was the most frustrating thing because he goes. Then I got this fucking goof telling me, "Oh yeah, with these refs weren't here, I I do you up." And he goes, "Oh, it's some nineteen year old high school, like, some yeah. kid, some nineteen year old American kid that only played high school hockey, and he's telling my brother he's gonna do him up." My brother's twenty three years old, fought John Morasti and Marco yeah. Cefalo, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, okay kid, whatever you say, <laughs> yeah. you know." Oh, he hated Oh, he hated it. He got into one fight down there, but uh, he one punched the guy and broke his nose. There but, you go. Yeah, gotta get those. Gotta get those off. Got to get those locker boxing matches going. Oh, yeah. Go. I, I was in a few of those. Oh, yeah, everybody did that when they were growing up. <laughs> so, there's a concussion, concussions in the making there. I yeah. had someone send me. I, I think it was, it was like when I first started the Instagram account on, on uh, the, the, for like the podcast, someone sent me a video. It was like, can you post this on your on your thing? And I was like, okay. And if you look at like the depths of my Instagram for the podcast, there's, there's two kids duking it out in the fucking locker rooms with cages on and everything. I was like, that what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, you should have sent that video. I would have put that on my YouTube page. I would have that out there. <laughs> I could yeah. probably find it for you, shit, now that we're talking. Yeah, send it to me. I'll put it on my uh, YouTube yeah, fuck, page. Cool. I'll, put it I'll tweet it. Chris, while I'm looking for this and taking a piss, go ahead and tell the people, when did you kind of stop watching hockey? Well, because you're around the same... Oh, wait, fuck, Chris, how old are you, man? I think I'm 27. All right, well, you know, I'm 24-ish, <laughs> somewhere around there. So we're pretty much the same age. So when did you kind of stop watching hockey? Talk amongst yourself, kids, while I walk away and go take a leak. All right, so, like, so I grew up in, you know, St. Louis watching blues hockey in the 90s, in, you know, like the prime, you know, and, and that was the prime of fighting and goal scoring, right? So, And you've got, like, the beautiful, beautiful blues you know, Kelly Chase and, and Tony Twist and Darren Kimball and all that, right? I was probably a little bit too young for Darren Kimball, but I've looked up his stuff now, so it kind of all melds together. But, uh, you know, and then there was that first lockout, and I wanted to play hockey, but it was really expensive in the St. Louis area, so I couldn't. I kind of had a falling out with that lockout, but then I came back to hockey in about 2009, 2010, and I – you know, having watched a lot of hockey and going going back and research, I think that was kind of like the end of the golden age of like the the second golden age, I'll say, not the golden age, but the second golden age, where you still do have those like heavyweights and and stuff, and there really was like the the cultural reinforcement that if you're going to run around and be an idiot, you're going to either have to answer the bell or somebody's going to have to answer the bell for you. And they're going to tell you to stop running around, right? And that really was like a cultural thing where like, the older players would would enforce that or, or, or teach the younger players about that, right? And, and it was also like the blues commentators, I think we were really lucky to have um, Darren Pang and uh, John Kelly 
really kind of like explain the storyline throughout the game. Like, oh, so-and-so bumped. You know, he probably shouldn't be hitting that guy. Watch, you know, Cam Jansen go after him later in the game. Or, you know, like explain like, oh, yeah. So they're stirring up stuff in front of the net. And if the defensemen come down below the faceoff dots to intervene, then it moves the faceoff. And that was like part of the strategy of the game. And you could say like, oh, yeah, the Blues were just not as skilled, so they couldn't win games, Uh, whatever. But that was strategy. That is like the meta. That's the game within the game, right? And then you slowly see the game change, and not just the game, but like the rules and how the rules are enforced. And for a while, it was tolerable. And like I, I would say the first like segment of that is up to like, I don't know, 2013, 2014. So between 2010, 2013, 2014, it's like uh, I'd watch that today if I could. I would watch that hockey. No problem with it. It's great. It's not the best, but it's still – Yeah, yeah. And you still have that emotional attachment. Like the characters on the team, like the players have character. They're lovable. They make it worth following the team. Like I was the kind of guy where hockey was my release from everyday life and the characters, the tough guys on the team made it worth following the team. Cause they'd give the funniest interviews and they'd be pranking guys and they'd be the ones going to the hospitals and shit, you know, and <laughs> you don't see that from like the skill guys necessarily. So that's like away from the game, but in the game, those are the guys that create the storyline. You know, you could say so-and-so scores a goal. And like, oh, yeah, no, it was a beautiful goal. Fuck yeah, we won the game. But it's a 60-minute game, right? (laughs) There are a lot of shots that don't go in. But every hit helps you win the game. Every fight helps you win the game. So that's kind of how I viewed it. And then even like 2013 to 2016, which you, you heard me say earlier, like 2015, 2016, that's the end. That was that the, is, I think that was the last year I was really into it, and then after that, it was like, eh. It's unwatchable now, and it's really like, and again, I feel like, I mean, I'm going to come off as like a conspiracy theorist here, but like, <laughs> I said earlier, like the older players culturally reinforced the, like the ideals of the game, right? Like, if you're going to be a jackass, you're going to have to pay the price. Well, they altered the rules to make the game faster and faster. And supposedly that kind of pushed the older players out and all this. So if you want to destroy a culture, who do you get rid of? Get rid of the elders, right? Any culture doesn't matter. Native Americans fucking doesn't matter. You separate the young from the old and they can't be taught anymore. So, and, and yeah, in junior hockey, they've already got rid of fighting, but having coming into the NHL and you're told, like, buddy, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to answer for it. Rather than these kids now fucking show up with their European soccer player haircuts, they're like $900 sweatpants and like Gucci fucking fanny packs. And it's not just that, but like they don't want to block shots, they don't want to hit, and they don't want to stick up for their teammates. So that is a big thing for me. That is like a cultural line that I cannot cross where you've gone from like hockey mentality, the ultimate team sport where you're like going to battle with each other day after day, helping each other, 
to like football mentality where it's all me. Me, 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 me. All these celebrations. Not going to fucking stick up for my buddies. Not going to block shots. You know, it's all about how I look. It's my Instagram presence. And then, and even then, we still had like Ryan Reeves, you know? And that's the Blues won. After, after Reeves, I'm sorry, but there's that's it. That's the last true, yeah. the true enforcer. And no matter what people want to say, and they shit on him, oh, Reeves would get pumped by Probert. I really think it'd be a lot closer than people would think. Oh yeah, Reeves and is monster. He's just, he's just strong as fuck. He's like it's like how I described fucking you know Twister. It's like riding a fucking bull, you know. <laughs> um, I think it'd be a lot closer. But Reeves is really the last true tough guy, and it's funny because I'll post it or something, and people will be like, you know, oh. Fuck Reeves, Probert's better, and old time hockey. I'm like, well, fucking Reeves is old time hockey. It's the last bit yeah. you got, so appreciate it when you have it. Sorry to cut you off there, but keep going, man. No, no, I love everything you said. I, I totally believe that because of his fight card, the guys he fought. I mean, he fought the last like super heavyweights, and he Paul did McGrath well. He fought. McGrath was the last true NHL champ. Yep. And he and he did well with McGratton, and I think McGratton respects him. I mean, he was even saying, like, oh, Reeves, like, dodges punches like I haven't seen before. So, you know, like, but and, and but Reeves can hit, and he can sit in front of the goal, and he, he actually has hands, and he's smart. Like, the guys that played it, and nobody that came before them wasn't, they weren't, like, goon goons, right? Like, the, peop, the idea of goon, right? You're out on the ice for two minutes. What are you going to do? You're going to hit. Right. Like, that's how you help win hockey games when you're on the ice for two minutes. That's your job. But these guys today, I mean, they've, they've like homogenized the game. Every team plays the same strategy. There's no – like you could watch the Blues win games because they were tougher than other teams. I would go to any game where the Blues played the Penguins because they would just chase the Penguins around all night and win. Like, I didn't go to a Blues-Penguins game when they lost because they just beat the shit out of the Penguins. <laughs> and that is, like, that's a valid strategy in hockey. But we've gotten away from that, and now everybody plays the same way. It's cookie cutter, and it literally has turned into Pong on ice. But, like, beyond that, beyond, like, losing all of that cultural value, like, the officiating oh, is it's brutal. Right? And these guys, they think they're part of the show. I can't stand it. Drop the puck. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, if you look in the rule book, you're part of the playing surface. You're not like you are. So if you fuck up and you put yourself in the wrong spot and the puck goes in the net off your skate, you're part of the playing surface. But you get out there and you think you can fucking be in a physical altercation with the players on the same level. You like horse collar Brian Boyle down to the ice from behind his helmet pops off and you're doing it for player safety. Like get the fuck out of here. You know, that is another thing I cannot stand. Like, oh, player safety, player safety, CTE, all this shit. But you're going to fucking yank an unsuspecting player to the ice from behind and his helmet comes off and you're doing it for his own safety so he doesn't fight. Okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) I mean, that's a rant I've had in the tank for a long time. I can tell, man. It's been it's been in there. It's been bottled up for a minute. 
Yeah, I haven't watched hockey for like four years because of this shit. It's rough, man. Well, and then you say with the officiating, the NHL is in an identity crisis now, and that's just the way I see it. And it's just, it's not that, it's trying to cater to both audiences, but it just doesn't work. You either, either go throw all your chips in on one side of, it's just speed and skill now, no hitting, or we're going to bring back a little bit of the hitting and the policing of the game. And there, there can be a happy medium, but the NHL, it's almost like they don't know how to right now. So yep. they're, they've thrown all their chips in on the speed and skill game, which, I mean, if that's your cup of tea, great. Watch the game. Enjoy it. You know, that's that's all you. But when the physical play happens and everybody's up in arms over and the NHL is like, what, what do we do? Because they don't know if they should cater to the newer, the newer age fans. Or if they cater to the old school fans. And so it's like in a bit of, I guess, like I said, an identity crisis. And will they ever bring back the players policing the game? No, they're never going to get rid of the instigator rule. They're never going to get rid of the, you can't come down below the circles during a scrum. Everything like that. Because you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube at that point. You just, you can't do it. So it's... It's in that gray area now, and it's almost it's 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 definitely unwatchable for me. I I told myself it was after like the 2015 season was the last season I really really truly watched, and I watched I think it was the 16 or 17 season. I want to say the 16, but it was mostly because I had a buddy who wanted to get into hockey, and he was a Capitals fan. And I told him I was like, listen, man, I was like, I will sit down with you and I will watch every fucking hockey game with you. But I was like, first and foremost, we're watching fucking Ice Guardians, and I'm going to teach you about <laughs> some shit first. And that's exactly yeah. what we did. And even him now, and it's, it's funny because for his like his going away gift, because it was when we were still in the Marines, um, I bought him a fucking Tom Wilson jersey, so now he can get booed at every fucking away arena he goes to. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, I don't like. I don't want to like cut you off. I mean, it's oh, your good. show, and I'm sure hey, we're gonna hey, get you're, to it. You, you and Darren are <laughs> fucking this cat. I'm just holding the legs, man. Well, Darren, yeah, I've, I've kind of probably cut Darren off here, but just in, like because again, I've I've stewed on this for a long time, right? <laughs> I don't even think they're in an identity crisis. I think what happened was they fully committed to the younger players and the younger audience and they wanted that demographic switch and like that's why you just see like oh what do you think about when you think about hockey oh family game uh then we've got all these guys talking to each other in zoom chats oh, during the fuck fucking yeah. pandemic you know, you know how many motherfuckers <laughs> in high, when i was in when i was in high school you know growing up down here in florida obviously high or hockey's not that big of a game compared to you know football or baseball <laughs> even basketball because of course you got the magic and the heat well, you know, you tell people, oh, I, you know, what sport do you like? You like football? No, man, I, I'm a huge hockey fan. I love hockey. Oh, you know, I don't watch hockey, but I love it when they fight. Yeah. There you go. That's all you yeah. need to hear. That's all you need to hear. And what, Darren, the, what is it that you say was it? Red Eye sells, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, the problem with hockey <laughs> is they play politics. And it's, um, you know, because that's the thing. Like everybody, oh, Batman ruined it. No. Batman didn't put any of these rules in. Yep. You know, David Branch ruined it. It's not Batman. It's David Branch and Hockey Canada that wrecked hockey, if you want. Because they've killed it at the junior level. It's like everybody talks, oh, if they put it in, get rid of the instigator, bring tough guys back. Well, there are no tough guys. There's a three-fight rule in the Ontario Hockey League. Yep. Most of these guys nowadays are going to play college. 
in junior A, you can only fight like three, four times or something. Well, oh, the heavyweight champ, he has six fights in three years. You know, like, you know, that's the thing. And I'm not knocking the kids. They just, that's just their, their environment. It's not their fault. Yeah, they're a product I mean, of the ask them, they'd like to fight. If you ask them, they'd want to fight more. Now, granted, yep. you could always say, I want to fight more. And you know, you never have to fight. So that could be too. Who knows, right? You know, it's not hard to be the toughest guy in the yard when everyone's chained to the porch. But yep. I mean, you know, but it's, uh, you know, they, uh, like somebody told me, yeah. Well, they always vote yes because they want fighting because they know they'll never have to fight. So it's like, well, that's true. There's something to be said about that too. <clears throat> but no, Hockey Canada's put in all these rules. And like mm-hmm. I said, I have friend, I have a friend of mine that's he's a GM and a coach in the Junior A League, and he tells me about the league meetings, and it's pathetic. You listen to these guys, and it's like because they want to look good. And thing is, on, on one hand, I understand it too. You know, but they're trying to look good to the parents and everything else. And oh, look how progressive we are! Yep. We're gonna we're gonna make it three fights. And meanwhile, my buddy who played in the minors and played pro, and you know, he's just like, "You're not making it." He's trying to, but he goes, "I'm explaining to a room of people that never did it why it isn't safer." And he goes, mm-hmm. "But as soon as you talk about fighting, they're like, oh, yeah, but you coach in the LNAH.'" You're an idiot. Well, okay, yeah, thanks. I'd like to, you know, I was also the Ontario Junior A scoring champion at one time, too, but thanks for noticing that, you know. But it's like, okay, but I'm not saying we have to brawl like it's a 75 Flyers, but it's, you. your biggest thing is safety. Okay, I understand that. But he goes, you put in these fight limits. Well, everyone on the other team is going to know when my guy's at his limit. You want to talk about a player-ish safety issue? So now he has to stand there and get punched in the face or or all game get dogged. Meanwhile, he's staring over at me because he doesn't want to fight back because he'll get suspended mm-hmm. and we get fined and blah, blah, blah. And he's scared I'll bench him and all this. But it's safe. But it's safer that he doesn't fight. He's like just – he goes – like you were saying, look, in his league, they have a six-fight limit. Ooh. Well, he goes – so he goes, so what if he fights ten times? Really? Does it matter that much? Like, what what, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, oh, all of a sudden, wow, fuck, we're in it now. Like, that's like in the American <laughs> Hockey League. They put the 10-fight rule. Yep. Yeah. Oh, why? Because Gallant might fight 13 times. Oh, God forbid the fucking fans in Lake Erie yep. get excited about it 13. Like, who is any, like I always said, who's upset about this? Because like, clearly the players aren't. The diehard fans aren't. I said the only people that get upset by this or the vocal minority that are on social media. And that's who they listen to. Unfortunately, that's hockey Twitter. As soon as there's <laughs> yeah. a body check, everyone wants to give the guy three to five years. You yeah. know, it's like, or suspend him for a year. That would teach everyone a lesson. Oh, okay. Because, again, you've never played a sport in your life, so you don't understand. Well, he didn't have to. Oh, he didn't have to. Okay. You know, he should have just stopped. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess unnecessary, predatory, yeah, predatory. Yeah, I said, predatory. Well, I, told one guy, I said, we'll, <laughs> we'll ever we'll get talk predatory. About, we'll talk about predatory later. I got a lot of things to say about predatory <laughs> later. Well, that's that was the thing, and it was like, well, somebody. Well, he's mean. So yeah, that's what, like yep. so what? That's what? Well, they, that's why everybody hates Tom Wilson. Oh, he's mean. Yep. Like yeah, well, whatever. I, like I, I don't. I so like what? Said. I said I didn't realize this was like I didn't realize this was the you know the grade five uh, 
winter winter carnival out here. Well, like, it's like you say, you know, uh, oh, he's mean. Well, fuck, look at Wendell Clark back in the eighties. Yeah, you want to see mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, that's, that's the like thing. Child's play. The, the, kid, the kid saying it on Twitter is eighteen. Yeah. So he grew up on this on this pond hockey shit. So I mean, that's the thing. I can't yell at him too much because they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it was like in the 80s in the Chuck Norris division or the 90s. And, you know, now all of a sudden they want to yell. They scream old time hockey and wear their violent gentleman's hat. But they but they hate but they have they hate fighting, you know. Uh, or yeah, yeah. They believe everything has to be an agreed upon conflict. Oh, yeah. Which you, is, you, 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 you sat there. You checked everybody's ID to make sure you're not 18 because you're a kid. Oh, they're just kids. They can't do that. Like you always yeah. say, Darren, you could enlist in the fucking military because I did it at 18. I did it at 18, but if I wanted a <laughs> hockey fight in the NHL, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing. So you're going to sit there, check the ID, you're going to sign a contract, you're going to shake hands, walk 10 paces away from each other, square up, and say, prepare to duel, sir, because it seems like that that's the, the whole code thing. I, I cannot fucking stand that term, uh-huh. the code. So like so like with the code like yeah I prefer if everybody give it a fair square up but sometimes that's just not realistic right, right. and that's that sometimes is more often than people want to admit and the destruction of fighting and hockey for quote unquote safety's sake is like a whole culture gone and you know, like okay so like cadre right the guy can handle himself in a fight. He's not not going to win against real heavyweights, but he's not going to die. He's going to do okay. But he knows the guys aren't going to fight him. So why every time he plays the Bruins, he gets suspended? Because he cross-checks somebody in the fucking head. Well, he knows that they're not going to fight him. So what do you want him to do, right? Like, And he's not like a tough guy, but he's a gritty guy. Right, so when he fucking cross checks Louis DeBrusque's son in the face, or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, Jake DeBrusque, whatever his name is, because he knows he's not gonna fight him, right? Like, because that guy gets the power play advantage for getting cross checked in the face along the boards. But that is a cultural element that has been introduced in the game where you're not embarrassed to not fight. It is like that. That's a new idea. Yeah. And I feel so bad, and I, I see people shit on him all the time. And, and yes, he's on the back nine of his career, and he's probably got maybe a year, maybe maybe two left. Is of course Milan Lucic, and he's in <laughs> he's in such a shitty spot right now, such a shitty spot. I feel bad for him. And you know, of course, this is this is where our knowledge goes as far as the modern game is. Just we just follow like the tough guys that we do back then. But you look at him. Well, you know, everybody. Of course, going back to the code we just talked about. Oh, the guy wanted to poke at the goalie and give an extra yep. whack. Yep, oh, that's Luch- the yep. code. It's the code. It's against the code. Oh, but Lucic didn't square up, so Lucic was the one who didn't, who didn't, yep. you know, fucking follow the code. No, the code was broken when old boy, I, I think it was what Sherwood maybe was his name. I can't remember. It was like the very beginning Sherwood, of the season. Uh, Green Greenwood. Yeah. Where the fuck? That six oh, foot seven. Old James. boy wants to, you know, give an extra whack at the goalie after the whistle. That's breaking the, the the code is you don't hit the goalie. The code isn't Lucic should give him a fair square up. No, if you do that to the goalie, you're gonna get pumped. And guess what Lucic did? He pumped him. And then everybody wants to cry about it. Oh, Lucic the goon. Lucic is such a dummy, a caveman. He doesn't belong in the league. And then Battle of Alberta, you know, the heated rivalry. Guess what? It's back. It's 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 back and alive and well. Oh, 
where's Lucic? Uh, you know, what is he doing? He's not fighting, this and that. Well, you guys just you guys just pumped him for not, you know, <laughs> or for, for fighting the guy yep. for yep. not following the code again. You just sat there and you, you burned him at the stake, but now you're going to sit there and ask where he is at the Battle of Alberta. And he came out in an interview and was even like, I don't know what you want. I fight. Yep. You yell at me. I don't fight. You yell at me. What do you want from me? Like, oh, yep. my God. And, it, well, Darren, you, you, you know, you were a big Lucic fan, and you know how valuable <laughs> of a player that was to have on the team. And, of course, now people look at him as a dummy, but – you know, how valuable would would a guy like Lucic be on, on any team today? Well, the thing is, if, if Lucic made $2 million, no one would be saying anything about right. him. Right, yeah, it doesn't Pro- help. Problem he does is have Lucic a shitty has a really good agent, oh, he does. and now everyone's mad at him. He has and a the Oilers contract, overpaid. but good for well, And the Oilers overpaid to get him. Yes. But it's like, well, you, you play in Western Canada, that's why you have to overpay to get everybody. Because who the hell would want to play in Canada? I have no idea who would want to play here. I don't understand why any player would uh, want to play in Canada. And I'm Canadian. But, I mean, it's everything you do is so scrutinized. It is pathetic. Like, I'm like, if I was a player, I'd be on, my, I'd be on the phone with Arizona and be like, yeah, I got no snow. I can golf on my off days, and no one knows I'm alive. Perfect. They're all making the same amount of money. Oh, yeah. So it's not like, oh, if I'm in Arizona, I take less. No, you get, more, you get same amount of money. But oh, I'll go to or I can go to Edmonton. Oh, I can put up with where it's minus forty for like four months of the year. Uh, he's got to go plug my car in and scrape it every day and blah blah blah. I can't go anywhere without being mauled by fans. Every if I have a bad game, it's all over sports radio every day. How what a piece of shit I am! Like who would or Toronto would be the worst? So it's like, oh yeah. Why would any? I I still don't understand why anyone would want to play in Canada. I don't, I have no, no idea why he would. Yeah, you know. Down, but anyway, come on down to Tampa. It's tax free down here in Florida. That's why the guys <laughs> want to stay in Tampa. Yeah, you're making even you're making even more money. Yeah, <laughs> I think Nevada doesn't have a state tax either. Yeah, go play for the Knights. That's why it's like a little bit harder to play for New York because of course they got the big ass state tax. Here we are. We sound so fancy and so. <laughs> So well, well educated as we talk about salary cap and shit like that. But no, no, you know the one who taught us about state tax, biz nasty. That's the only reason we know it. Oh yeah, there you go. You got biz nasty talking about it and shit. Escrow and shit. I had no clue what the fuck escrow was. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean that was the. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Well, Lucic can't. I like well, and I uh, like I'm a Lucic guy, but I mean, even the last couple of years, it's like, geez, it's like, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah. Like, you know, like his, like everybody shit on him. His first year at Edmonton, he was fine, you know, because I think he had almost 20 goals and whatever. He was, he did. <laughs> that was the other thing with Lucic. There's all forever. There's always been this expectation, like even when the Bruins took him, oh, we got our Cam Neely. It's like yeah. what? No, like like I said, we grew up watching him in junior. Like I have buddies there in Vancouver that are Giants guys, so they were like, "Oh, you got to see this dude Lucic we got." Well, even when Vancouver, his best year, I think he had thirty goals. It wasn't like he was scoring seventy. Like, yeah, he he, was the, he scored thirty and was the toughest guy in the league. We couldn't stats, believe yeah. he actually made the Bruins at eighteen. Thirty still That's the max a, number he's got too. Yeah. Well, we couldn't believe he made the Bruins at 18. We're like, Jesus, okay. But I just thought, like I always say, I always thought he'd be Chris Neal. That's what I thought yeah. Lucic was going right. to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Chris Neal played forever. But I, I thought he'd be a 10. Yeah. Chris Neal's one of my favorites. Absolutely. But he'd be the 10-goal guy, 10 fights. 
That's what I thought Lucic's career would be. So all of a sudden, when he's in Boston, he scores like 35 or something, and they win the cup. It's like, holy shit, you know? Yeah, fuck, he's lighting it up. Yeah, but every year after that, you go, and then you've got Boston, then L.A., and whatever. You're lucky. I think he averaged like 18 a year or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what he is. And, I mean, yeah, people will debate Reeves. Eh, I'd I put Lucic up against Reeves. I think Lucic could beat Reeves if, you know. I, you know. It. Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. Lucic and Reeves, to me, are the two toughest guys in the league. So it's like... Yeah. I'll, you know. I, I'll, I'll say that, but I just think Reeves is too big and too strong. I think Lucic... Well, well, Lucic and Reeves, both got, they both have the pedigree for it. So they've, yeah. they've definitely both had you know their fair share. I always surprise the threes. You know what the wild thing is? Is when he played for Brandon, he didn't even fight. Yeah, yeah. He says in... Uh, in the AHL, he was not a fighter. Oh. And then I think it was, uh, I don't want to be wrong. So cross check me with his other interviews, but I thought it was like a, one of the Statsny, Jan Statsny, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. It was like, Hey dude, like you got to fucking fight. Like you're a big dude. What are you, what are you doing? Not fighting. I could be wrong on who well, it was. You know, I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his stats and it goes from like, so he's got 46 one era. Well, he's with Alaska, 42 Pims. Next year with the Peoria Rivermen, 46. And then out of nowhere, jumps right up to 130 and then 160 the year after that. So it was yeah. like somewhere in there, he was he realized he was that, that switch in his head. That, oh, fuck, this is what I got to do to make the show. And that's where Ryan Reeves was born. With uh, him and Peluso with Peoria, they really fucking, like, they were killers when they decided. Yeah. That's what they wanted to do. Like, Peluso hasn't had the chance to establish himself as an NHL guy, but he was a Blues property, so I was, like, tracking in, tracking his progress, you know. <laughs> and uh, he had this one fight, and it was one of his last years with Peoria. He just cut this guy up. And it was like a, it was like a retribution vigilante fight. It was great. He just, like, cut this guy up, and then... He hasn't had that many fights in the NHL, Peluso. But both those guys, I don't think, were really like fighter fighters, you know, starting out. And then they kind of grew into that role, realizing that's what they needed to do uh, to make the show. Well, they, yeah, like they took the Bissonette route, right? Yeah. Bissonette wasn't a fighter in junior either. He was an all-star. Right. And yeah. It was just, but it's like, well, shit, I'm on Pittsburgh's farm team. They don't have anyone tough. I'll fight to get NHL money. So right. it's like, yeah, so that's exactly what Reeves did. Yeah, Peluso, there's a name. Peluso and Gazdick were born 10 years too late. Yep. Those yep. guys were those yep. guys were bad dudes, those two guys. But yeah, Reeves, like my buddy, he, he's a junior. He follows, he's all into the hockey. He still follows it. But I remember him saying, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, Darren, you'd really like this Reeves guy. And I was just, and I'm watching him. And I remember, I didn't even dawn on me that he was the Brandon guy. And I was right. like, I'm like, who? And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he played in Brandon. I'm like, that can't be. So I'm going through my old fight tapes. I'm like, that can't be the same guy. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Again, fourth line voice on YouTube. Check it out. I got Reeves Jr. fights on there. <laughs> Quick plug but in. Yeah. But yeah, but he's always a big dude and everything. But he, uh, yeah, he definitely grew into it. But uh, I mean, they all do. But uh, yeah, Reeves, that 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 uh, threw me that he was, uh, 
I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna debate uh, Doc here. I don't know. I think I think Lucic could take him because Lucic is. I think Lucic is bigger than Reeves, isn't he? Oh, fuck. I don't think get, so. Let me get this, I'll get the stats up here, boys. We'll find. Here we go. Hypothetical matchup that we were tilt. talking about. We're having a fanboy tilt right now. Yeah, give me the tail. Give me the tail. The tape. Dick measuring contest. All right, <laughs> let me fucking get two tabs going here. But yeah, like, they got to be around the same size. Oh, I know Lucic's about six six three two thirty. My big issue with Lucic, which I appreciate his importance, especially I've stuck up for him multiple times uh, in in the later latter part of his career. Uh, my big issue with him, he's a big talker and a, a big stick guy, which I understand helps you win games. But he also turned down some fights that I wouldn't, you know, if you want to be the heavyweight, you're not going to turn down. But on the other hand, I also agree it's a complex situation. Your coach is probably going to tell you, don't fight this guy. So, no, I get it. I understand. Well, yeah, but do we know he was the one that said no? Yeah, I don't know. But that's where I'm giving that's where i giving that leeway. But I also know, like, he's turned down Chris Neal, and then Chris Neal broke his nose. So, you know. Well, standing, yeah. Oh, standing I'm not saying in, he didn't do it. Because, yeah, he, ju- he he avoided LaRock like the plague. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I would, too. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not knocking him for that. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> human being. I want at the, well, at the same time. George should have pressed that. Well, and again, that's why George's career got shortened too, because George was too nice. He was. But. He was. Um, well, fucking a. Standing in the blue corner, we have Ryan Reeves at six one two twenty five, and in the red corner, you got Milan Lucic at six three two thirty one. So yeah. Wade is pretty much the same. Milan Lucic has a two inch height differential there, and he's got and he's got the. Uh, Spina bifida deal where he's hooked over too, so he's probably six eight. Yeah, <laughs> he w- does skate like that. Oh, he does. He, he actually does. he actually has a legit spine deformity. Oh no! Oh wow! Oh, Don't you feel no. like an asshole, Chris? Yeah, I do. yeah. Fucking I, I gotta hit the edit button on that one. Jesus Murphy. <laughs> no, actually, I will. I will say, and uh, my boy Napes, he'll be listening to this. He listens to these shows. <laughs> Who names by the Chris is uh, tremendous during my fight tournaments with his comments. He is awesome. Yes, he is. He's awesome. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna get him on my show. He is junior hockey guru, but he is the Vancouver Giants guy I was talking about. That was like, you got to see this dude. But uh, he got to know the like he was a Giants season ticket holder and shit. So he was around like Lucic and them. He got to know Lucic and stuff and and Lucic's family and stuff. But when Lucic won the cup with the Bruins, of course he had it. He's from Vancouver, Lucic. His family was born and raised in Vancouver, so when he's playing for the Giants, hometown guy too, right? But when he won the cup, he brought it back to Vancouver, and he remembered my boy Chris, and he phoned him, and he came and he invited him over to his day with the cup. So Chris and Lucic are there in the backyard with the Stanley Cup, and no, he always so that was always sort of endeared me to Lucic. Plus, of course, my buddy used to like get all Chris used to get all the fights and stuff, and he would back in the day when fight DVDs were still made before YouTube and everything. He put together Lucic's fight DVD for him and gave it to Lucic. And, uh, and I helped with like the cover and some Photoshopping shit. And, uh, even he, out of the blue, he actually, uh, emailed me and thanked me and shit. So Lucic and I had a back and forth email. So I was always kind of like, you know, at the time it was like, cause we had a few players we helped out that like, 
wouldn't give you the time of day after, and it's like, okay, yeah, right. you're, welcome. you're welcome, bro. You know, yep. you know. But Lucic was always cool, and he always stayed in touch with my buddy and shit. And like I said, we we won the cup like a couple of years later, invited him over, and so Lucic has always been like privately or like a really nice guy so it was like I, that was just endeared him even more to me so it was like i've always been like a, like i said a big Lucic guy so the last couple of years it's like yeah it's been rough sticking up for him but like i said if he uh if he was making a million dollars he'd be a great third liner because he can still play you know people yeah. can oh, cry oh he can't play can't keep up of course he, he can keep up dummies calm down he can so but it's like if you put him on the third line he was making a million bucks Goddamn, Lucic would be, he'd be a hell of a pickup. But unfortunately, he's making about seven, I think, and <laughs> good for scoring him, six goals, I think, good, you know. But, uh, yeah. but hey, good for him. He got his money. Yeah, but, uh, he, well, he, I mean, I guess he earned it. I mean, fuck, he fought some, uh, oh, shit. Some yeah. Like, I, I have no problem with the, I have no problem with any athlete making any of their money. Yeah. The, the owners gave it to him. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you <laughs> didn't have a, to. There's, we'll just say there's a reason Tom Wilson is making the fucking money he does. Well, well that, hold on. That guy's a goddamn unicorn. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with Lucic is, like I said, I didn't like him. Well, if he's on my team, I'd probably like him quite a bit. You know, he's that he's that kind of guy, where you know he chips in where it matters, and then he's he's got that kind of personality, and that is something that has also been lost from hockey. But talking about Tom Wilson, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, calling him a unicorn is kind of undercutting his ability and his success, I would say. I mean, like, and I'm a blues guy, right? So he took out Oscar Sundquist uh, last year, the preseason, and Oscar turned out to be one of our best role players and helped us get to the cup. I mean, Jesus Christ, Oscar, don't fucking cut to the center of the ice staring at the puck. When do you know Tom Wilson's on the ice? I mean, fuck. Come on, buddy. That's lesson number one. You're playing in North America, not fucking Swedish roller hockey. But the hit was predatory. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, come on, buddy. Predatory. Again, we're pushing off predatory for another rant I have coming up to the back end. But, I mean, no. Yeah. You hit somebody to separate him from the puck. When is the best time to do that? When they don't suspect it. Does that make you predatory? Well, Maybe technically, but not like maliciously. Like the way they say right? it. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between being effective and being evil. Like there's a difference, right? Like somebody fucking flipping elbows into somebody's head and never fighting. Like that's a problem. Well, you not really. Well, the one guy sent you a private message that sorry, I'm hogging the conversation. <laughs> what's going on? What's up? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm what? grabbing beer. Oh. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like a live stream, and I was real confused. Here, right here. Mark that time down. Edit that out. <laughs> no, it's to, it's, if I have to edit anything from this episode, I'd shoot myself because there's no way. Oh, I was saying, I don't know. I was getting private messages on my screen from Doc there. Don't worry about it, man. It's all good. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> Doc no, what I said. Okay, yeah. No, I was just trying to make sure I wasn't taken over. No, I, I was just like, what the hell happened to the screen? I'm like, I didn't know you could do that on here. Yeah, no, because no. I talk a lot, so I was trying to not take away from your time. Oh, no. Because I, talk, I but, respect yeah. you. Well, but, I'll point, no. Hey, check but, this out. Listen to this. Listen to this. 
Oh, <laughs> that wasn't very good. <laughs> These on, cans are like, you can listen to this. Get this real close to the mic here. Hold on. Oh, I was trying. Oh, the oh. first one, the first one you cracked was percussive. I know. I'll even take, no, away, I'll take can... away the pop filter for this here. Let's get this in here. It sounds like fucking gin and juice by Snoop Dogg, probably. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a gangster rap video in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, exactly. You ready yeah. for some some good old-fashioned American Kentucky bourbon? Yeah, I've got Evan Williams Kentucky straight, straight bourbon. A little drinky poo rand. Wild yeah. turkey, baby. I'm drinking this Alberta Genuine Draft beer. This is just like the cheapest shit, but it's got like the complete rip-off top. So if, if you get it good, it sounds like a shotgun blast when you crack it. That last one sucked, but I've had a couple of good ones. Yeah, like, the first one, the first one you pulled, I was like, "Damn!" Well, I put it right next to the microphone, and boom! Yeah, that's when I was on the biscuit one time, and I, I hit one of these, and Willie just, Jesus Christ, what are you doing over there? And you thought I was outside shooting quail or something? Yeah. I can tell you. Well, shooting spot in Tucson, but anyway, that's a different podcast. <laughs> well, I'm talking to William for Christ's sake. He does it off his deck, not hillbilly. Yeah. Him and Rand. What's the only fun they can have out there in goddamn fucking what is it, Michigan or Ohio, wherever the fuck they're at? God fucking bless it. Yeah. He fucking told me the the last podcast I was do, he had thirty beers in him doing the podcast. Doesn't surprise me in terms of what that podcast was. Oh, Love well, him. You, you already know the quality you're going to get from that fucking show. So oh, it's nothing I, that's the best. When, when, William and I did, when Willie and I did that Lindros episode, that would have been 30 beer. I, I could still, barely talk after oh, that. Oh, fuck. I still love that episode for the sole purpose. I mean, I forget what it was. I left base. I was going home to, like, go see my family for, like, four days or something. I left base. I was, I mean, I probably left at, like, fucking maybe 3 o'clock. And by that point, if you leave at 3 o'clock, it's about a 10-hour drive down to Florida. It was like pitch black out. And all I'm listening to is you two drunken buffoons just go back and forth. And he talked about Lindros for four minutes and then just oh, yeah. went off on everything else. And I'm like, this is fucking great, though. This is oh, this is phenomenal. That, that episode almost got me divorced. Yeah. <laughs> oh, after this one, my fiance I came out in the living room after. My wife was just, just I was disgusted. getting stink eye. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. I love the back porch pisser. That's one of my favorite moments. <laughs> well, fuck, I hope I didn't... When I, well, I took a piss break earlier in this episode, so hopefully it doesn't come up in, like, the, the toilet in the background or whatever. I don't well, it can't how... be worse than my, than my Tristan Grant one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both you fuckers. They're like, did you take a piss like, during that? Like, son of a bitch, you heard that? <laughs> you hear enough about women's problems. Let's talk about men's problems. <laughs> It's a darn podcast. That's oh, a real issue. I'm like, I'm gonna ask him a question. He'll start. He'll start rambling. I'll, I could break away to the can. So I ran across the hall real quick while he was talking. Yeah, and I didn't think anybody heard me, but apparently you could. Yeah. <laughs> so the fiance, fiance just opened up the door. She already. She's already heard heard me mention her name and how she's just gonna be disgusted by the end of this fucking podcast. I'm getting the getting the stare right now so that's always good <laughs> just just tell you're playing by modern nhl rules you yeah. don't have any code of conduct to adhere to no sense of honor Did you just take my beer cans away <laughs> what a sweetheart you are yeah they are i mean i know they are i mean, I mean you didn't have to take my empties no i'm not complaining what am i gonna ring oh, a bell girl. and come here and get, get my empties i'm gonna hit you upside the head with <laughs> 
think of the the delay in your wedding girl as a reconsider. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I said. I was like, now that the wedding is delayed, I was like, she has all the time in the world to fucking leave my ass now. We should get we should get my we should get my wife on here. She uh, when we we got out in front of the church and everything, we first. You know, because of course I go down the aisle for blah, blah blah whatever I'm waiting for. Her. She comes down the aisle. We're standing there. The first the first thing she says when she or the first thing I say to her when she gets up there, I was like, "You can do better," you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should tell her. Fucking hey, yeah. Well, it's it's funny. She gets in here and we got fucking. It's supposed to be like a nice guest bedroom when we got pictures of fucking Chase and Twist and Terrio up all over the fucking wall and the <laughs> Bruce Brothers. And the Bruce Brothers. Yeah, and I got fucking the Boston Tough guys. Jesus. Oh my God. And then after, after the episode I had with you, Darren, the very first fucking, you know, the guest, I just got into bed and she just looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> oh, welcome to the disgust. Welcome to the podcasting world. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, so, my, my wife is just ecstatic that I'm back in the game. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure she was just rivet. Like, she just couldn't wait for you to get back into it. Like, you know, I really hope you do. <laughs> I, well, I laughed because I, I got her to look at the contract. I said, hey, yeah, check this out. I said, they're talking about hand me. She just looked at me like I had a turd hanging out of my mouth. She's like, you think anyone's going to pay you to, like, come on, Peter Pan. You know, I'm like, well, I know that. I'm just saying it's in the contract. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. She's actually, I'm sure she's just really happy. She doesn't have to, like, do my website and shit anymore, you know. Um, yeah, the tech the tech support doesn't have to help uh, <laughs> help out the fourth line voice website. I mean, or... that was a beautiful chapter of of the podcast. I enjoyed hearing about it, but yeah, I'm glad she. I you know she probably doesn't want to do it. You know, no. just in. No, yeah, it's just like no, mm. no. She she can't believe that anybody would listen to me. Oh, but there's idiots out there like myself and Chris that would love to listen to you. Oh, that was the thing. I like I told well, I've always don't tell, have you on distraught. Like yeah. well, like I always tell her, I'm not arguing with you when you say that. I'm mm. in complete agreement, actually. I can't believe anyone would listen. But yeah. But oh, yeah, that's what I laugh at when people are like, you know, oh my I, I every once in a while I get a message, you know, oh my favorite episode was you in fourth line voice. I'm like, what a three hour drunken ramble? Jesus Christ. Like yeah. you, gotta, you gotta have better standards than that, bud. Oh, I know. Well yeah, and it was yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you get these uh and it's really cool to get the messages, but it's, yeah, oh, it's surprising yeah. at the same time and it's like well, really? Like, oh, if, all right. if I think back and I I think it was a. Uh, Jansen McGratton fight, and and I think it was probably like a tweet you sent out, and I retweeted it, and I was like, Jansen's the fucking toughest guy in the NHL, blah, blah, blah. and then you were like, oh, really, the toughest? And this was like before there was like an enforcer community, so I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I was like, yeah, no, I mean, he doesn't win every fight, but he doesn't ever fucking go down. And you're like, oh, oh okay, I kind of agree with that. But that was like that was like a long time ago. That was like 2011 or some shit. And then we like serendipitously came together on Twitter as like a community. And then we're like the backup for each other in this hockey well, team. It's great. I agree with you, but I was going to say that it, I'll give you some some insider fourth line voice knowledge here for the account. Back then, you were probably talking to my friend Kevin. 
because yeah. he was the one that created the account, and he I wasn't even on here yet, and I took it over after he moved on. Wait, so, so when, it might have been. When did you take over your account? Well, the Fourth Line Voice account, like what year? Well, the account started in 2013, okay. I believe. I would definitely not have been on that. No, so it was probably 2015. I would think that would make well, more sense. Cause, cause but even then, subscribed but, to YouTube at that time. Yeah, and I, but it was before then. I was see that was the thing. I was on it, but but I would literally just kind of put up pictures. So I, I still had all the pictures saved and everything. Because I was I was just always a picture geek, and that's what he was like. Yeah, just post. Here's the password. Just get on there and just tweet pictures and say something. I'm like, okay, because I didn't know any of this shit. So I would just go on there and like tweet a picture and like log log out. So. Yeah, I never bothered to get into any conversations and shit. So you might, you're probably at that point, you're probably talking to Kevin. But once uh, I took it over, it was, uh, he would chime in now and again, but he doesn't anymore. But um, yeah, but he was, he was one, like I said, he started everything, the YouTube account and all that stuff. And that was initially what got us going was him and I were going to do the podcast together. That was what was going to happen. And then when, and because I said he had the equipment and he had, like done music ones before so he knew all that shit so uh i didn't know any of it and then uh like i said then life got in the way but uh and i just sort of picked up the torch but yeah early on that probably wasn't even me that you were talking to but i agree with you <laughs> well I, like, I just want I you to cam. know i still think cam jansen's one of the toughest of all time oh, I agree so with you. i remember <laughs> getting like an assorted ohl tape and playing it and he's on there like every third fight and oh well fucking a he just well, Cam is one of those guys who just fucking love to fight. Um, his he's my top. He's in my like top two favorites. Well, fucking hey, hold on, hold on, like, hold on. Wait, we're talking about favorites here. All right, we'll 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 pick a topic again. We'll fucking throw a dart at the board here. Um, minor league Mount Rushmore's go. Chris, you can okay. start. You can start. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this one to Darren. He can put through the full Mount Rushmore. But a couple ideas, which we've already kind of talked about, which may or may not be at your Mount Rushmore standard. Everybody likes to talk about Biolois. Um, you know, yeah, put him on your Mount Rushmore. But I would say you have to have Morassi. You have to have Terrio or Thrall, <laughs> depending <laughs> where you're. You know, St. Louis boys would probably say Thrall. But, uh, you know, those are my two guys you got to throw up there. Uh, Bod V, you know, he's another name that a lot of guys are probably going to put up there, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not oh, I throw, taking down. I throw, I'm I'll, I'll take flack for this. I throw Bon V in the Enforcer Mount Rushmore. Whether okay. Whether like it or not, I throw him on there because he's got the most penalty minutes. He fought fucking everybody. The only yeah. one I can see, because I throw, of course, Schultz, Probert, Ferguson, and Bon V. The only one I think you can replace with Bon V is Domi. Because yep. he's got the most career NHL fights. Other than that, man, it's just it's just that's that's my my jackassery opinion. <laughs> I, I I would put Domi on my overall NHL enforcers wall, but Darren, what would you say about minor league enforcers? Um, well, I'll quickly throw out the NHL one because you, you just said it. But the NHL one, I mine would be Probert, Ferguson, Schultz. And Don Cherry. Oh, Cherry. Let's God go. Bless. I love the, Cherry. But that, that's the thing, though. That, that's if Mount Rushmore's in Canada. Because, like, <laughs> Don Cherry's basically, and people, yeah, I mean, the, well, New Age fans are listening. 
but young fans now would wouldn't believe it but literally don cherry is a cultural icon in canada yeah yeah i mean they, we get... people nowadays go oh i i never liked him because they're trying to be pc or whatever but in the like when i was growing up in the 80s and 90s don cherry like we had that we had a vote across canada it was like a I don't know how many months it, it was like a whole big thing. And it was like iconic Canadians, top 10 iconic Canadians of all time. And they had like voting across the country. And I don't know if Cherry won, but he was in the top like five, you know, and he's in there with like, you know, scientists and shit and like oh, yeah. Terry Fox and stuff, well, you so, know, I, he shouldn't have won, but I mean, but that's how much, how important he is at the time. Right. Oh, yeah. I Sorry mean, to cut you off, but I mean, the way I, the best way I, I could see Don Cherry is like he's like the Canadian version of Uncle Sam almost, you know? Like he's just yeah. everybody yeah. knows him. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, and it was like, uh, yeah, like he's the, he's a patriot, and it was like, you know, and he was always, and but he was always sticking up for like, yeah, because he always stuck up for Canada all the time, right? So that's like, you know, and this was and like when I grew up, of course, this was before internet and social media and satellite, so it's like we were really isolated. Right. So it was like, he was our, he, that was like our world spokesman was Don Cherry. Right. And he, yep. and he promoted the hockey that we wanted at the same time. He was legitimate because he played and he did it and he fought and maybe he's a coach and he was, you know, I think a lot of these young fans don't realize that, that he actually played for 20 years and was like coach of the year in the NHL. They just look at him like he's some goof on TV, but it was like, no, he's legitimate with what everything he says too. So he has credibility as well. He's not just some media talking head. And I'm I mean, saying, like, you know, and it's like anything. I mean, even going to the, I don't agree with everything Cherry says. And I mean, no. you know, he, yeah, and Don, especially nowadays, I mean, he gets a little out there, but it was like, but when it came to actual knowledge and stories and hockey, no, yeah, I mean, he's second to none. I mean, you don't, you don't have to like him, but I, I think you'd be very ignorant in the fact that if you, if you dismiss him, as right. just some, as some goof, you know, that's, I wouldn't do that. But, uh, but no, in, in terms of like a, a Canadian, well, I'll put it that way in a Canadian Mount Rushmore, I would put him on it. Right. So in, and in a non-Canadian Mount Rushmore, sorry to cut you off, Chris. Um, in no, a non-Canadian no Mount Rushmore, who you got besides Jerry? Who did I say? Probert? Probert Schultz, Schultz and Ferguson. Hmm. Yeah, well, see, I never thought about it other than that because I was always at Cherry. So, um, yeah, don't we? Well, yeah, Tagger Williams. Yeah. All time yeah. Yeah. leader. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. I would say, I would say that, uh, you know, it's like, when I was growing up, before I knew a, a thing about hockey, my mom was teaching me about the uh, Plager brothers in yeah. St. Louis, and they are like the ultimate emblematic blues. I mean, come on. Talk about wearing, you know, a symbol on your sleeve. They were symbol on your heart, you know, like the Plager brothers. Well, here, I'm going to ask you, uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question just while we're sitting there. Yeah. Oh, blues, yeah. Like, growing, like growing up in the area and stuff. Did you ever, did you know, before you got on hockey Twitter, I mean, you do now, but before hockey Twitter and all that, did you ever hear about, because you're so young, did you ever hear the name Bob Gassoff? Is that talked about in St. Louis? Um, I would say a little bit, but not as much. Unfortunately, like 
as much as he you you kind of have to dig into the records for him which is really yeah. sad because he really was like the heart and soul of the blues in that era and you talk to any of those guys that played and they say like yo i was tough but Gashoff was tougher um and 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 it's really sad and you know i connected with another uh blues fan on twitter um I'm going to look up his exact tag here. It's like Gasser 3, I think his name is, I think. Yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we follow each other. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that guy. And I met yep. him, and I was like, <laughs> the, the first time I met that guy, I told my buddy, I was like, go meet a Twitter buddy. If I die, my body is probably in the river, uh, which is right next to the bar where I met this guy at. And yeah. then, no, I met this him. Is who, this is who I'm meeting. This is suspect one of the cops. Yeah. No, exactly. But I met him. He's actually a fantastic human being, and his favorite player is Bob Gasoff, and and he's helped me learn a lot about uh, about Gasoff. And the bar we go to is uh, Bobby's place, which is Bobby Player, and he doesn't. I don't think he actually owns the bar. He like his name is attributed to like one or two bars in the San Luis area. But he sometimes shows up. So I actually met Bobby Plager at Bobby's place this last time I was home in St. Louis. And I totally geeked out, right? Like, my mom has been telling me about Bobby Plager since I was, like, three years old, right? And uh, totally geeked out. Bobby Plager's in the bar. And I go up to him. And I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Plager. Um, you know, my mom's been telling me about you. I'm a bit big fan my whole life like i just want you to know that and i want to know what you think about like what the modern you know team is doing and he was the nicest human being like the nicest and that is another thing about those old time tough guys they like are so grateful and happy to be embraced by whatever community they're in you know and he's just like a perfect example of that um but yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Gasoff is kind of forgotten. Uh, he doesn't deserve to be. I mean, like you talk to anybody that played that at that time, and they say he was like the toughest guy around. And there's very limited footage. Um, I've seen it. I've seen the footage out there, and uh, he seems like a killer. But uh, I obviously was not alive in 1970, so. <laughs> That's the shitty thing with the gas off thing. And I'd love to do like being the big fight footage nerd. There's just like nothing about of him out there. It just sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like zero footage of him, And yeah, it's a shame. Cause yeah, like I said, to hear all the stories and you know, and uh, yeah, unfortunately no footage. There is. Oh, sorry to cut you off, man. It's like the same thing with, um, with like Fatiu, there's a lot. Like there's no footage of Fatiu, but yeah. everybody who who saw him, was a lot like, of his, oh. w, his WHA stuff is missing, and that's kind of when he did a lot yeah. of his fighting. Right. But yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And Fatiu, and I mean, like you said, right? You get like older than me, but you talk to the older guys, and he's like the guy, right? They'll they'll yeah. have him in like their top five all time. Oh yeah, and it's like I watch him from the footage that's out They're there, like, and it's eh. just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not knocking Nikki, but it's just like at the end of the day, I just like. For me, I'm like he just he just didn't fight enough, right. and I mean, and, oh I don't know, he didn't fight because people were scared of him. 
Well, I'm like, well, you know, Probert managed 300 fights. I don't think there are people who are lined up around the block to fight I him mean, either. But that, that's like, I feel like that's part of the job on the top and the bottom end of the timeline, right? Like coming up, nobody knows who you are. They're not going to gain anything from fighting you. You don't have a reputation. At the very end, you're a fucking killer. Like Ryan Reeves could not get fights at the end of like the heavyweight career because people knew he was going to fucking kill them or like embarrass them at the very least. And, and I feel like that's kind of like a two tailed result there, but yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the tail, right? When you start up, you got to take it on everybody. And then at the end, it's like, yeah, you're uh, you know, but back then, I mean, in the eighties and nineties, I mean, they were calling dudes up just to fight you, right? Like, there was no... Yep. I mean, nowadays, Reeves can go out on his horse, and, I mean, he could go the next three, the re- the remainder of his contract in Vegas, and could legit- legitimately not fight again. Yep. Yeah. Like, if he didn't go and look was... for it, I, who's going to go look for him, like, nowadays? I, you know, other than the preseason, maybe, and maybe, like, a Ross Johnson, you know, yeah. maybe that guy. But, I mean, other than that... Which Johnson also got screwed, but yeah, you're right. Oh, exactly. You know, but like, you know, other than that, I don't see anybody really doing it, right? Whereas like Probert and those guys like never had nights off, you know, because well, like even that that infamous story in the preseason when Dennis Bonvey was up with the Oilers and they were playing the Red Wings in the preseason and he lined up beside Probert and he goes, Probert, we got to go. You're going to make me or break me, you know, and that was the only reason he was going to make that and he fought him. And it was like, you know, he just, yeah, you know, and Probert at the time was like the, you know, the guardian of the gate, right? That was who you're, that's who you made your bones against. Like, well, Mel Engelstad was yep. up with Dallas. Would he oh, fight yeah. with Probert? Probably. If you talk to Mel, the guy played like 15 years pro. You ask Mel, what's his greatest moment as a pro? He'll say fighting Bob Probert in the preseason. Because that was his favorite guy growing up and he had a chance to fight him. And right. at the very end of the fight, when the refs were breaking up, Mel, you could see Mel say thank you very much. Yeah. That's what he said to him. And he was so excited that he fought Probert. I, oh, I tried so hard to find that picture for him, too. I tried to get a hold of the Dallas photographer and tried to get that picture for him. Because I'd love a Probert Engelstad picture. That'd be awesome. That was a great fight. Mel did really good in that fight, yes, too. Yes, he did. That's like the uh, uh, Gabby Roach, Terrio, oh, yeah. fight, right? Like the swan yep. song. Yeah, Roach was like, you're on your way out. I'm on my way up. Roach, I don't know how to fuck pronounce that. I'm <laughs> Missourian. But he says, yeah, you're on your way out. I'm on my way up. I've admired you. Let's give it a go. They fight and they take their fucking pictures afterwards. Like, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. You're right. It's the swan song. But, like, <laughs> thankfully they had that on the internet like jesus i can't imagine that being your idol or that being your gate in and it's gone forever that's terrifying oh that's what's funny like there's there's you know tens of thousands of hockey fights on youtube but there's also tens of thousands that aren't on youtube so it's yep. like a double-edged sword it's like oh i'm I lo- well and the, like we always say you know and i've said it darren said it. i think you've said it oh, too don't even get me started yeah. on lost footage oh yeah. F- oh well yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> the ga- well the gates and twist fight was fucking phenomenal the, fa- the fact that you finally got that finally. i was so pumped yeah but you know it's like you you finally have the technology to record every hockey fight possible 
and they and don't fight, not- and they're not fighting. So it's just it's just fuck, man. It's like the it's like it sucks. It's with the times, I guess. With uh, you know the way the game's gone, there's just no fighting anymore. Um, oh, because like I mean, how cool would Probert Junior fight footage be? Yeah, like oh. there's literally like three fights from him and Junior. It's like, oh, I would love to have old Sue Saint Marie when he's got the Cooperalls on and shit. Oh, that'd be awesome. Like, like fuck, dude, like Toporowski, top, like for a guy who fought yep. 505 penalty minutes in a goddamn season in the dub, and he doesn't have hardly any goddamn footage out there. Yep. Oh, brutal, brutal. Well- and I watched, I was at my buddy's house, and, and he bought, like, this big cable package, and they had the WHL, like, channel, whatever channel was in, and it was the Kelowna Rockets, okay? And so they were down by a couple goals, and the kids were, like, stick-handling, like, making risky moves, and they were down, like, three three to one or something like that, and they got in, like, two or three fights, and like, yeah, no, like, probably it's not great. Like, if you can pick, like, adults fighting or teenagers fighting, yeah, you're going to pick the adults fighting. But at the same time, if we are talking about just, like, hockey and the quality of hockey, yeah, you know, like, taking a loss and being embarrassed is the same thing if you're an athlete being a kid and, and, and being an adult, right? So, so those guys in the Kelowna Rockets game as in the WHL, like fought two or three times being embarrassed. Whereas like you watch an NHL game, they're just like, yeah, dude, I'm just going to fucking take it. My paycheck's the same. Uh, It's probably not going to discount my uh, ping pong wager with the guy I'm going to play after the game. Like I, I got another guy from the other team coming over. I'm going to jerk him off and, then we're going to play ping pong, you know, like they don't fucking care. And it's embarrassing and disrespectful to the game of hockey, in my opinion. Whereas these kids that you can watch, which is like, you know, like, again, like I said, like adults fighting barefisted or kids, you're probably going to pick the adults. But at the same time, I mean, come on, what's more entertaining, like hockey with energy or Pong, and you can pick Pong if you want to watch Pong, but that's what it's going to be. So, say what you want to say. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, real quick, of course, we you know I, I just tweeted out that you know of course we're doing the podcast, everything like that. Well, and it's funny because <laughs> I asked I asked our lovely our lovely Twitter faithful. You know, oh, what what are some questions you'd want us to ask, or you know, we talk about, or you know, maybe some discussions. Nobody gave us a lick of fucking anything. They just kind of everybody commented, but nobody really gave us anything to talk about. Um, but of course, you know, I just tweeted it, and you know, our lovely our, our boy Steve over there, Shrem or Sh- <laughs> I think I yeah, Shrem. Sh- what do we call it? Darren. I think me and Darren said shrimp the other day. <laughs> um, but he asks. For fourth line voice, which WHL fighter would you say is the best fighter that you saw that never had the same rep when they were in the AHL slash NHL? Oh, Kale Hulse. Completely. Yeah, Kale Hulse, when he was in Portland, he was voted best in the West. He was best fighter in the Western Hockey League. Guy was a killer. 
But uh, and but and the dude had a long NHL career. Played like seven hundred some games, and uh, but uh, and he fought in the NHL stuff. But he was just and it, it was weird because he fought in the Western Hockey League. He was a killer. Went to the American Hockey League when he was in Albany with a New Jersey pick. Rolled guys there again. Fourth line voice on YouTube. Got all the fights. But uh, there you go. Yeah, left. Oh, he's massive left-handed guy. Was a killer. Then he gets the NHL. He just like stops fighting. It was weird. And then when the fights he did have were just, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, it wasn't like he was a punching bag, but just kind of whatever. But it was, um, yeah, it was just kind of strange. I don't, I, you know, it was, it, but, but at the same time, the dude ended up playing like 700 and some games. So he clearly didn't have to fight. This is tremendous, by the way. And, uh, you know, I know what you're reading. It's tremendous. But, uh, like oh shit! I was when he got up. I thought it was gonna. Oh my god, Chris is fucking oh. drunker than a fucking skunk right now. Right. Well, well of course people can't people can't see what we're talking about, but yeah, our doc left to go take a whiz, <laughs> and I thought he was gonna fucking lip stand <laughs> when he stood up. Oh, I thought he was gonna have a permanent face planted in the fucking drywall. My god. <laughs> oh. yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, go go on, bro. Yeah, well, I was just, uh, yeah, he was talking randomly and walking reckless. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but Hulse said, uh, yeah, Kale Hulse would be the big one. Yeah, but like I said, he didn't have to, didn't have to, uh, he played 700 some games, didn't have to fight. So I, I don't blame him. Hey, if they're going to, don't have to fight and they'll, and they'll play yet, why not? But yeah, it was always really strange because I thought, then we got to the NHL, we're like, oh, he's going to kill guys. And now he didn't really. It was kind of weird. But uh, actually, there was, a, I, I, it's kind of weird because I actually he follows me on Twitter and I was I I was gonna get him on the podcast a couple times and it was just like but I, I that was gonna be actually legitimately one of the questions why I was gonna ask him like why did you not fight in the NHL you know but it'd be interesting to hear his story but like I said dude played 700 games in the NHL and married a Baywatch hey you can't complain about right? that oh not at all um, Doc you all right I thought you were you were you were walking recklessly there I thought I was hoping you were, uh, we were worried about you. No, I, I the cat ran out through the door, so this is a new problem for me. He's just practicing for that play. Why is he dressed like Indianapolis Jones? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I had a pee, and then the cat came out the door, which this cat is very assertive. We'll just say that. I hate fucking cats. <laughs> I can't do cats. I if, cat, if cats could talk, they still wouldn't. Oh, fuck it's no, my... they wouldn't. It's my first cat, and I've been around cats my whole life. And this is my first, like, personal cat. And, like, today was the first time it yelled at me in a way that I didn't like. And I was like, hey, what the fuck? I'm giving you a home. And then the cat was just like, it stole jerky from me. I was like, what the fuck kind of little goblin shit is this? You know, but it's a cat, so cats just kind of do that. I'm a, I'm an animal person, so I can't complain. But I grew up with dogs, so a, a goblin cat stealing things for me is very not normal. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. Holy fuck! I'm gonna say now this is the greatest podcast this I've is, ever this been is. <laughs> It's true. Wait, I mean, it's wait, 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 hold on. I got a question. William I got and a I question. look like stone sober yeah. in the Lindros I got a question that'll end all questions for Chris. Chris, sure. what do you think about that bitch Carol Baskin? 
I mean, that bitch down in Florida, Carol Baskin. Okay, so I gotta put a divider down. I did volunteer slash intern at a, a conservation dedicated place. They did a good job. I respect it. However, I think that bitch down in Florida, Carol Baskin, murdered her husband. I think it'd be really easy to do so. I mean, it's a fucking tiger. You, uh, you watch that show, people are saying no like evidence would be around. That's fucking stupid. Like, you just don't feed the tigers for a while, and then you plan your murder when it's about to rain, you kill the guy, and then the tigers eat him, and it rains. Like, that's all the evidence. Oh, the tigers are very hungry. They're going to eat them. They eat bones. The rain comes down. It washes the blood away. It's gone. It's gone forever. That's as simple as it is. All right? I live in the bush sometimes. Okay? Whoa. Lions. Whoa. Whoa. What kind of podcast you turn this into, bud? This was a hockey <laughs> podcast, and this turned into some Jenna Jameson shit. Sponsored by, now we got a sponsor by Manscaped. Yeah, sponsored, sponsored by Brazzers. <laughs> oh, no. I think you people should know. But anyway. You people. No. All right. <laughs> I got some people jaw lost their jobs over that. Don't like hockey fights. (laughs) No, that is a. I'm fully on board of that because if you watch, listen, guys, I'm kind of intoxicated, so I'm being lured into this one. Wait, 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 wait! You're telling me, you're telling me right now that you're drunk. I'm intoxicated. However. If, if you're upset about the you people from Don Cherry, you have no uh, fucking idea about Don Cherry. I looked up, like, his broadcast on Hockey Night in Canada, and he said, like, you people in all variations of context, like, 20 times. So if just now you're upset about you people, it means you're being manipulated. And, like, that's as simple as it gets. I'm sorry. That's true. He actually says it on my outro on my podcast. He does. He yeah. does. And you people like, my... like fighting in hockey. How many of you got a cup of coffee while that was on? He says it. like, And I looked at it because I remember I was in South Africa in the bush when he got fired. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck else did I have to do on the internet? Look up Don Cherry highlights. So I looked it up. And there's a Don Cherry from like 1970s, like you people. And then all the way through like 1996, there's like all of the you peoples. So then he gets fired for saying for saying everybody in Canada should wear a poppy. And then also you people who move to Canada and enjoy our style of life should wear a poppy and he's fired for that that's bullshit anyway anyway just saying that's all i have to say about that yeah forrest gump i'm a missourian welcome to the mississippi baby you gotta give you a good old ope ope how's she going there guy um <laughs> sorry let me just slide right past you yeah, we, oh. we squeeze right past you here, bud. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, well, fucking A. 
we'll pass it over to Darren and we'll start this one up. Um, and we talked about it earlier, actually. Fuck, I meant to I meant to get a sweet segue in there. And, of course, my dumbass just went right over my head and I got enthralled in the conversation. But we talked about Lucic and Reeves and that fight never happened. So what are some dream matchups that you guys wish would have happened? Like what? What are some fights that you know never met up? And like, uh, like on the last episode, you know, Rob Ray never fought Prober, and a lot of that's actually on a lot of people's list is Rob Ray fighting Prober. They wish they could have seen that. Um, so, what are some uh, like I guess hypothetical matchups that you wish you could have seen? Engelstad versus Morasti. Oh, that's a good one. That's it. I'm done. That that's was, it. That's, that's, like it. The, mic that's drop. the biggest fight I wanted to see. Was that's that the one? Mike drop. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe Rocky Thompson versus Engelstad or Rocky Thompson versus Morasti. Throw oh, him in there, too. God, I love Rocky yeah. Thompson, man. Like, fuck. Oh, he's tremendous. He is. He really nice is. guy, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and, oh, and hey, James Myrtle, how's uh, how's Rocky Thompson doing for you as a, as the AHL coach? Is he just some dummy that doesn't know what he's doing? It's like, uh, plug that into your fucking calculator. Oh, you see Mer- oh, Myrtle today? He was, uh, oh, he had that, he did the round table there discussion with Bissonette. And I was like, and Bissonette thanked, you know, thanked him and the two other guys that he was on the show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, same guy that Myrtle would write probably how many countless articles about what a piece of shit Bissonette was when he was playing. But oh, oh, Myrtle just loves him on two. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Biz. Oh fuck! Oh you. yeah, like you, you always say. You. Oh, our friend, our friend Biz is joining the round table. Yeah. They are buddies. Oh, exactly. Our boy. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, you couldn't fucking sewer him fast enough in the Globe and Mail when he was playing in Toronto. Like when he when Phoenix would come to Toronto. Yeah. 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 No joke. No joke. So, Chris, yeah. what, are, what are some matchups that you wish you could have seen? You know, literally anybody versus Matt Cook. I mean, <laughs> it's a shame. And like, read, the, read low. <laughs> <laughs> the real, the real thing with Matt Cook is like, even he fought. Like, even if you can be a Disney villain and play hockey and fight, you'd be Matt Cook, right? And that is the end. Like, he fought sometimes. But after him, nobody fought playing the villain role. And that is, like, super sad. So, him, I mean, I would have hoped that Nicholas Cronwall got Taken off in a stretcher at some point. Here we go. Here we go. Go on, get into it. Get you some, Chris. Get you some. (laughs) I mean, like, okay. Who is this Cronwall guy that you speak of? So I think he's in the same realm as your 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 Orpic guy, right? So my my deal with these guys, and I appreciate their effectiveness as a player in terms of chipping in. Sometimes when it counts. However, like the last 10 years of the game has been dedicated to like player safety, right? And so if we're talking about player safety, we're not talking about concussions. If we're not talking about concussions, we're not talking about taking advantage of vulnerable players. So if we're not talking about taking advantage of vulnerable players, we're probably not talking about jumping backwards into players' heads, knowing that we're going to be protected by the officials. And that is Nicholas Cromwell's MO. 
And as far as I'm concerned, that guy is the most disgusting slime ball to have retired in my time. He's retiring after causing countless concussions. Never, zero, zero NHL fighting majors. And, like, you can say, wait, like, people really, should... Wait, hold on. Does he really have zero fighting majors? Absolutely zero. I Absolutely. Thought, I thought he at least had... You know, I'm not... I, of course, he's no fucking pro, but I'm not saying Cronwall had 400 fights, but I didn't... I didn't think he, I thought he at least had a couple. In my research, which I could be wrong, I would like to be disproven, but he had, in my perspective, he has zero. The closest one was a roughing when Bufflin went after him. And like so so like let's say you want hockey to be safe and you wanna reduce head injuries, right? So, so you're going to want to reduce targeting vulnerable players. And when you look at the statistics, fighting doesn't really play into concussion. So, so your biggest concern has to be targeting vulnerable players. Well, then you have this fucking, I don't know, 225-pound motherfucker jumping into people's fucking head when they have no ideas coming Giving them concussions left and right. He fucking ruined uh, Ryan Close's career. One of the best power forwards that we know about in modern times. And and people just accept it, right? Because he was never penalized. No, that motherfucker was never penalized because he was on the Red Wings in that era. And, you know, I'm probably sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but like, let's just break it down to like, do you want the game to be safer? Okay. So that means you want the game to have less concussions. Okay. So that means you want less quote unquote predatory hits as we talked about before. So how do you reduce predatory hits? Well, there has to be some level no. of, of accountability, right? Yep. And that accountability has been fighting. But if this Ronald McDonald clown is jumping into people's fucking faces with no risk of being penalized because he's on the wings in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, He's not going to stop playing that way, which is the exact same way we have fucking Cadre cross-checking people in the face. So we got this pathetic piece of shit slimeball, Nicholas Cromwell, jumping into people's faces, causing concussions left and right, retiring with zero fighting majors, and he is appreciated as a hero. And to me... That is fucking gross. That's disgusting and pathetic. And if you can be a Red Wing fan and be like, oh, yeah, Nichols Crown, uh, great uh, legacy team. Blah, blah. He never fought and he ruined X number of careers. You're gross because you're fully acknowledging you guys were favored in that time period. It's disgusting. And the same thing can be said for Brooks Orpik, who only fought you if you're like six to eight inches shorter than him at the end of his career. 
he is gross. He fucking hit people in the head. He's a big motherfucker who never fought until the end of his career. And he's like, oh, I'd probably be embarrassed if I didn't accept these fights from guys that were like 5'8 when I'm 6'4. And then here we go. And then he fought those guys. But those motherfuckers never fought real tough guys. But if you really want the game to be safe, you would either want Nicholas Cronwall to get cross-checked in the fucking face and not play for a while, or him to be culturally forced to accept a fight so that he would not take advantage of vulnerable players. And it's that basic. It's really that simple. Well, there you go. When, when you break it down that way, you make it sound super easy, bud. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, I know that's not going to be everybody's take, but to me, it's really simple. It's really simple. It's two easy steps. <laughs> Just like that, you're good. Um, well, you know, fucking a. Well, Dar- Darren, are you back from your piss break? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. He's well, got, got like scorpions taped up back there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, well, you know, we've covered. Well, besides all of one topic there's actually been a few questions on twitter wait there have been a few which ones well so, some guys shit talking about canadian colored money well yeah, i know that guy he's talking about i don't give a fuck about money well i do i was gonna say <laughs> our money looks good compared to your green shit i love canadian money compared to american money i hate american money well there you go you i I mean, I wish I had more of it because hey, it's worth. I was like about to say, hey, my my ugly money gets me way more than your fucking money. Yeah, no, I was gonna say in that case, <laughs> yes, but I like the fact that our our money is multiple colors. I like that. Oh, and Jesus the one thing Christ. I will hate when we're down, the one thing I do hate is the fact that you guys still have pennies. We don't have pennies in Canada. They got rid of them. They round up everything here or round that, down. This is like really hard for me when I go to Africa. Wait, wait, and wait, 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 wait. Say hard again. Hard. Hard. <laughs> Darren, do you hear that? He had the Canadian herd on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like he's actually after he's been in the fucking beer garden for three hours. <laughs> the beer garden. He's like, oh, God. Yeah. Sounds like he's fucking Leahy from Trailer Park. Boys. Come on, yeah. burb. <laughs> it is hard for me. Fucking hard. It's hard Greek for me. Fucking <laughs> underground gay porn hard. That's all I think of with the fucking boy from Goon. Um, it's hard for me. Yeah. To go to countries and then they use coins and shit, which for me is like, I remember using quarters in vending machines. That is an era gone. It's sad. But you go to other countries and they're like, yeah, give me a coin for this much money. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I am alone in an island of coins. It's horrible. Oh, I can't. I Yeah, like, I'm so happy we got rid of the pennies. Like I said, when we could visit Vegas, I always laugh because I'm like, uh, I feel <laughs> Did I lose you guys? 
That's brutal. No, I like the fact that our money's different oh, colors. I like it. Fucking hey, I lost connection with you guys. Must be the fucking storms <laughs> coming in. My bad. All our, last thing last thing I heard was Darren talking about pennies, and then next thing you know, fucking he was, he was right at it. Well, it was an island of coins and dollars, toonies and loonies. It's you missed out a lot of good shit, but oh well. Well, fucking such is life. Duker Duker's fourteen. Of course, you guys know. Oh, Twitter. fuck it, Tony. Uh, yeah, Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah this guy. Yeah. Well, if he wants this podcast guy. to go on for another six hours, he goes. Who do you guys have in your top ten? Okay. Well, first of all, Tony, you can go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> I've known Tony for 20 years. I'm not top answering that 10, question. Like top 10 blasters or just like top yeah, 10 times? Like well, Tony wants us to say Gino Ojic and Donald Brashier. Yeah, Donald I know say he... Gino Ojic and Donald what? Brashier, old Brashy. And no. Well, I will be the first one to say, while I don't like Brashier's fighting style, I know it was effective and I never shit on Brashier. And well, I'll put uh, him, I put I put Brash in the top twenty for me. Now, my top only, ten. Well, oh, go, well, go ahead, Doctor. No, 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 keep talking. I'm very easily drawn into these arguments, so you should you should just keep it. I would actually have Brash here in my top ten. Would you really? Yeah, probably. I you know I take I, I, and I can't stand him. Oh, yeah. I'd probably have Brash here in my top fifteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying about 15, probably crack 15, 14, maybe. Um, but no, I, I, I get his his fight style wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but there's a reason he was so effective at it, and he was around in the league for so long. Um, I mean, top 10 list, that's a broad statement. Are we talking about NHLers, AHLers, you know, top 10 all time, both NHL and, you know, minor league guys. So, um I mean, I guess we'll say NHLers, and you know, again, top ten is that top ten best or your top ten favorite? So, fuck. Yeah. I'll, I'll clarify with I'll clarify with him before we uh, before we really open this can of worms because I mean, fuck, all of us can go on for. Yeah, days. I, oh, I know he's talking about the NHL. Is he? Um, yeah. I will say that I will, Tony. I will tell you this. I'm going to get Steve on the show, and we're going to talk about it. If anybody wants to talk about the top 10, never mind the top 10. How about the top 25? Talk about go to when, Probert, when, when Probert was king.com, go to that site. He's got all the write-ups, the video to back up his write-ups, and I will have him probably on episode two or three of my podcast, and I will discuss the top 25. So... I think Tony's. I think Duker's angling to get on the show. I think that's what it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll fuck. I'll get him on the goddamn show. I will tell you if you wanted to do a Vancouver Canucks episode, or or well, not even that, but well, that, but eighties NHL. <laughs> that guy's a savant. He could he'll he could lay some science down. What are you saying, Chris? Read low. Say- I said, yeah, they, got Reed, they got Reed Lowe, no, they got Reed no, Lowe. I said, I said, who they have. <laughs> um, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't mean to disrespect that. I know they actually do actually truly have some real some real talent in that department. I know. I was going to say, old old Doc Manatee here was looking through that wild turkey bottle. He looked like a goddamn seal looking through an ice block, for Christ's sake. Chris, 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 give us on a on a scale of one to ten. Where are you at right now, bud? 
Uh, you know, it depends what you want from If you me. say anything less than a fucking eight, I'll, I'll goddamn crucify you. No, I say I'm about a, a 6.3. No, that's less than an eight. I, I was walking through the kitchen and I told my wife, I said, I'm doing a podcast uh, with a with a guy in Florida and the other guy is the drunkest guy in North America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in I'm in uh, Arizona, so I I think I'm a six point three. Honestly, oh, Ar- Arizona, you that, fit right in. Yeah that, yeah, that desert heat, man. I'll tell you what, it'll fucking get you. We, Listen, I, guys. I, I mean, I would go Chris, from Chris is just back. Chris is every guy at a Trump rally right now. <laughs> no, hey, first of all, that's wrong. Zinger. Second of all. I'm going to discredit what you're saying. Listen, I have a really good drunk memory. That's actually one of my best professional skills. However, <laughs> it's true. Like, honestly, like, as pathetic as that is, it is also true. So, I have a really good drunk memory. And, like, yeah, no, I know where I am right now. Yeah, it's probably not what most people would expect for their professional employees. And that's kind of sad that they don't give them this much leeway. But also, I mean, hey, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So here I am. I completely agree. Anybody listening, go to... Uh, what? Are, what is your Twitter handle? It's Manatee, right? Chris Manatee? At... Chris yeah. Manatee slash uh, CCal. No, it's not. There you go. Yeah, Chris I was gonna Manatee say his slash, Instagram. It's, it's, it's at C like like the ocean, like the C, like S E A underscore, and then cow, like you know, like like what the yeah. manatees. Yeah, CCal. I was gonna say Chris his Manatee. his insta his Instagram account is tremendous. When he's got the pictures of like the wilds of Africa and like elephants and shit, tremendous. It's like goddamn, like you're subscribed to the National Geographic. But not only National Geographic, but it's a guy that will like get drunk and talk about read low with you, as well as elements. I mean, you notice, I how, love... I throwing... you notice how I keep throwing in read low. Well, wait, I love wait, wait, Darren. Elements. Darren, why would you keep throwing in read low? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, just it's like it's like it's almost like it's a contagious thing. <laughs> it's like it is. It's like it's like the more you say read low, the more I want to say read low. <laughs> it's, it spreads, man. It spreads. Well, I'm like the guy from Corona. It's the real virus. I, I don't think it's as contagious. I just don't think it's as contagious as the coronavirus. Well, what are you going to do? I'm not knocking Reed Lowe because I want to get him on my show. I love Reed Lowe. I watched him play with the Moose Jaw Warriors in the old crush can. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I told Alec this. I like Reed Lowe. I respect him. I like him. I have nothing wrong with him. We can disagree. It's not a problem to me, right? That rhymes. But uh, I don't hold that personally. I've already buried that hatchet. It's done. But I fully expect that he took that personally. So you can address that question on your show. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Yeah. 
Hey, you know that guy from Africa? Yeah. Remember that? Remember that beard, that bearded drunken guy that you know? Fucking, you got into it on Twitter with. You remember that guy? <laughs> hey, he heat, my outfit died, and I'm really sad about it. Your what? My elephant died like a long time ago. It's really sad. He he fought another elephant, and then that wound got infected, and he died. It's really sad. But elephants fighting elephants is a positive thing, just like hockey fighters fighting hockey fighters. If this is the most educational hockey podcast anybody has been a part of, then I don't know what is because we're you know what I always say. What's up? Come sit under the learning tree. The learning tree. And the learning tree, you will be greeted by elephants and Chris's elephant at that. You're getting the education right now. Yeah. It's really sad. Darren, Darren, you know what Chris has that we never will? His grade 11. Exactly. Yeah. Big school words. It's a really sad story that I don't want to go into. But he lived the life of being killed by another elephant in a fight, which is way better than being shot by somebody else. I was just say, that's an honorable way to go out. Right. So, so it's the same thing with hockey right? Like, at least he fucking fought somebody as opposed to being fucking taken out in some bullshit pussy shit about no fighting and all that. So they squared. They squared off. They dropped the tusks, and they had a good old fashioned brawl. Yes. Actually, true. Yes. There you go. Well, like I said, on if you now, kids, if you go to Instagram, you can learn about all this. <laughs> you can learn Save your money. Don't don't subscribe to National Geographic. You don't need National I'm, Geographic. I'm giving you free shit here. You don't need Animal Planet. Just go to Chris Banatee's Instagram and Twitter. I'm gonna say I'm on Twitter right now. These guys asking questions. Some guy wants us to talk about Lindros. I can talk about oh, Lindros. God. But we want to talk about I said Lindros. I've already done that. I already yeah, did that for like already... three hours on the biscuit. Go listen <laughs> to that episode. That's a one pony on the biscuit. We already know uh, what happens when you do that. Yeah. Nixon, if you're listening to this, you got to heat with me now. Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got, I have a three-hour interview with William that uh, includes Lindros talk, Lady Gaga, piss breaks, I lose my voice, almost got divorced. Go listen to that. I'm not going to talk about Lindros on here. Almost got divorced. That's the that's the, that's the key throw in there. Um, well, boys, fucking a. We've actually surprisingly, as you know, as lovely as these conversations have been, we've actually covered all the fucking topics somehow. As a, besides one of them, um, and do I think we're gonna end after this one? Fuck no. Do I really want to end it? No, because I'm really curious as to what old Vanity has to say after this. Yeah, my man, I see you. You're giving me the head nod over there on Skype. I got you, bud. Um, I'm nowhere close to ending. I got a lot of shit to say. Oh yeah, this and, is the this is the greatest podcast ever. It is. <laughs> and we will get into the CTE stuff in a while. Oh, buddy, no. I've got a fucking article pulled up. Oh god, this is gonna be fan. Oh, we're gonna start quoting fantastic. the New England Journal of Medicine and shit here, here right away. Yep. <laughs> so before we get into the CTE stuff and everything. What are the toughest teams or toughest squads, whatever you want to call them, that you guys have? Darren, we'll go over to you first before we pass it over to Doc, 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 Anil, Chris. Uh, well, I mean, probably the majority of your listeners are probably, I don't know. Like, I saw that question you asked me. And I mean, oh, Pro Street Bullies, Brad Bruins in the 70s, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, that's kind of that's boring answers. Um, I would say probably uh, early '90s Buffalo Sabers with Ray May, Donnelly, Barnaby, Bugner. You know, Jay Wells. I mean, you know, I mean, that was pretty insane. If you want to go to the Quebec League, there's that famous pitcher, of course, right? You got Burnett, Cote, Rabbi, Bosse, Sugden on the starting line. And then let alone throw in like probably Mario Jolly and fucking whoever else, you know, Jonathan St. Louis and the rest of them. Um, 0405 Sorrell team was badass with Lambert, Bernard, Mayrad, Morasti. Uh, Darcy Johnson, you know, uh, well, on H teams, you could just say from 03 to 2010, you just, just say that, you know, forget naming guys, just list the LNH teams because yeah. every team had seven guys, you know, but, uh, NHL wise. Yeah. I mean, outside of, uh, like, I mean, lots of teams had like duos. Um, actually I was going to say that was my next, uh, Twitter tournament idea was duos, well, please tell. Well, yeah, please tell me, like you know, Joe Kosher and Tony, or well, Joe Kosher, Bob Probert, Tony Twist, Kelly Chase—they're all exempt. From yeah, that, correct. Yeah. The the St. Louis Blues Department of Player Safety. Department. <laughs> the two badge system. The two badge system. Well, yeah, you got Chase. I mean, Chase and Twist, and you know. Yeah, well, because I was well, it's funny because I was writing out my list of duos, and then of course, uh, um, Joe did the Islanders one tournament. So I was like, okay, well, I'll hold off and let Joe do his Islander one. I won't say anything about my duos one while that's going on. But I have a list here. I'm I'm in here. I'm at about what am I at? Oh, I actually got them all. No, I'm at sixty three. I need one more. But yeah, I got like. it was interesting because it's like, okay, well, I got to get Kimball in here somewhere because I love Kimball. Yeah. But Kimball and Chase could have been a duo, but it's like, eh, you know, more people know Twist. Right. So it's yeah. like, okay, I'll go with Twist and Chase, and then I'll figure out something for Kimball. But, yeah, it was uh, 64 duos is the next Twitter tournament anyway. No. Didn't you have a duo tournament at one point? I, I, I did one like four years, three years ago. Yeah. I was about to say, I thought you did. Uh, Cause I remember, you know, my lonely ass being in the barracks out in the Marines and fucking seeing that and voting in that. And... It was that Christmas time? Yeah, it was. And, uh, who Smeko and McSorley won. Yes, they did. And I think we talked about it because it was before the, po- like you really started the podcast and got it going on. Oh, Apple. I didn't have a podcast. The then, po- yeah. Well, no, the podcast was on like YouTube or Apple or no, it wasn't, it wasn't Apple. It mm. was just YouTube. That's and, right. I had the first three episodes on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, you and me recorded one, and I was I, mean, I was fucking shit house. Probably about like old fucking old vanity is right. About listen, now. guys. Listen, guys. I would be fine driving a car in a nature reserve in Africa. Okay, like that's reality. You'd be killing more than one elephant. I can tell you that. No, <laughs> I've done it. It's I've I'm okay. I understand. Yeah, I'm intoxicated. That's but fine. hey, what do you drink when you're over there? Uh, my my beer is um, Budweiser, don't you? No, I Does save it take that like for... three days to get it shipped in by the Nile and shit. No, I can go to a, a hockey. Uh, I can go to a bar. Well, okay, so I can go to 
the the store every like forty five minute drive, but that's actually like a lot in Africa time. But I get Black Label as my beer over there. Uh, Carling Black Label as my like go to beer, and then for my whiskey, um, there's Harrier whiskey, which is a South African brand of whiskey, and I kind of like it because it's not like very good. But it's kind of like you're living in Africa, you're living in the bush. Why? Why would you expect to drink good alcohol? So that that's kind of how I view that. Um, but yeah, Carling Black Label is my beer that I go to, and it's really popular over there. Whereas in the states, like nobody has any fucking idea what Carling is. Well, that surprises me. Yeah, like at all. And Carling actually in South Africa put out a good like anti-domestic violence program last year. So they, you know, win like uh, is it, really well like produced in 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 their like package uh, advertisements, which I appreciate it. But like I try to partition it so like in America I drink this in Africa I drink this so it's not like you know the same thing all the time and, and that kind of thing But I I did watch I did watch Blues playoff hockey in Africa in Swedish and I <laughs> I did watch uh, I think you're speaking Swedish right now no, I'm not. And I did watch Cam Jansen win uh, whatever the EIHL championship was. I watched the like second, like the day after tribute on YouTube in Africa of Cam Jansen winning that tribute, and it's awesome. So, so Chris, what, what would be your your toughest team? Like your toughest squads. Well, I would say like the like, well. What do you mean, right? So like the Blues are like the inspiration for the Flyers, but they're also like the inspiration for even the fucking Chiefs and Slapshot. So there are a lot of Blues referent references in that movie, like you know, uh, the Plager Brothers the same same thing as the Hanson brothers you know there are a lot of blues posters in the background of the movie going up into the crowd and fighting the crowd that's a blues thing like all that shit was taken from the blues and we inspired the quote-unquote broad street bullies then um in that like production um, so, so you could say the Blues, uh, you could say the Flyers, you could say the Bruins were one of the last teams to sell out, which I would say also the Blues were one of the last teams to sell out. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what your criteria is for like toughest of all time. Cause you could also throw up the Syracuse, you know, Dorset Morasti, 
Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Wasn't Sestito part of that? Uh, I mean, uh, maybe he's a spot filler. <laughs> so, me personally, well, we'll get back to that, and we're going to circle right back around to the CTE. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, you know... <laughs> well, I just want to... Oh, I'm not going to say that because it'd be rude. So I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Never mind. Are you sure? You, floor is yours, bud. Like I said... Like I said, me and Dar- y'all, you and Darren are fucking this cat. I'm just holding the legs, bud. Never mind. What I would say would be way too rude, so I'm not going to say it. So just keep going. I was just saying, well, I don't know how neither of you, well, especially Darren, I'm a little disappointed. You didn't mention the uh, the old Danbury Trashers, man. Well, I mean, they had tough guys for sure, but I don't know if they were all there at the same time. It'd be like one would get suspended yeah, they bring the other one right. in. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's like that was my reasoning door. behind that. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, it's the, uh, and of course, I had to pull up my notes, and I just did this with the Bruce Watson interview, but the 04, or excuse yeah, the 03, 04, Laval Chiefs. Motherfuck, that yep. was tough. Mark Major, yep. Mario Jolly, Matthew Rabby, Craig Martin, Randy Ponte, Pat Cote, Mike Bajorni, Chad Richard, and Bruce Watson on that same team. Like, was Jesus Kopech Christ. on that team, too? Um, I don't think Kopech was. Was he the year before? I think it was the year before, but yeah. but another tough squad, too, that Watson played Watson, for. Hold on. Watson played in the LNH? Yes, he did. He played in the uh, the QSPHL for the old Laval Chiefs. Huh, I didn't know that. Les Chiefs de Laval. Um, yes. And then he played in the ECHL. And listen to this team, and people probably don't know this team at all. <clears throat> but this was the Wheeling Nailers this year. Jesus Christ. Uh, that year that they had, it was 01 and 02 was the Wheeling Nailers, and it was Mark Major, Brendan Walsh, Dan Kopech, David <laughs> Kochi, Ken Tasker, and Bruce Watson. Pack a fucking lunch. <laughs> you know what they're for. And they were wow. all that, all that, and they were coached by John Brophy. Yep. So you know what they were there for. And you know what Brophy was encouraging. It's like, you know what? This is the end of the line, boys. This is the end of the line. Well, it's funny when you bring up Brophy, when you were talking about like minor league Mount Rushmore. He was actually on my Mount Rushmore. No shit, was he really? <laughs> was Brophy, yeah. You know what? Hold on, hold on. Going back to the Mount Rushmore, we didn't even get your minor league one. We we got like the NHL one and we got sidetracked. So give, go, go ahead, give us your minor Mine? league one. Oh, it was uh, Bonvi, uh, Morasti, Gillies, and Brophy. Ooh, you snubbed by a Lois. I'll take it. Well, I think just uh, Gillies just did it for so long, right? 20 yeah, years. he did. He fucking yeah. Did. You know? And, and, like, the thing about Gillies is I feel like I was almost, like, betrayed about his, like, storyline, right? So, like, getting let into Gillies was, like, the Islanders fight night. You know, and yeah. all, you, all you get out of that is he elbows some guy in the fucking head and that that is the end of Trevor Gilly's career. But you listen to his interview about that and he explains like, no, I told that guy you don't run around tonight. The last game was fucked up. You, you, you do the same shit. You're going to be in the in the corner tonight. Right, and so that guy ran around, and Gilly's like, "Okay, we're gonna go," and that's how that fight happened. 
But if you don't know that context from that interview, you just think Trevor Gillies is a monster. He jumps on the ice and assaults people, which is sad because he is more than that. He's just caught in the tail end of that career. Yeah, like you said, right? He's like another guy that came along 10 years too late. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, like I said, when I, when I learned about him and I saw those videos, I hated that guy. But when you hear his perspective on exactly how those events transpired, you learn that it's really not that simple. Oh, you, the, picture, the Pittsburgh Penguins earned yeah. those meetings. They deserved every one of those. Oh, they did. Oh. Yep. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I fucking hate the Penguins. But regardless, yeah, he explains it and he says, yeah, uh, you know, they did this to our goalie and this guy's running around. I told him, buddy, if you're going to keep doing that, you're going to have to fucking fight me. And then he didn't. And then that was that. So yep. and that is that whole like aspect of the game that's gone like you want to show off, you want to be a donkey, fine, but you're going to have to earn it, and that's gone. So, Well, there you go, Chris. <laughs> Another one of your brilliant explanations. Um, so, you know, in, you know, sorry, you know, Darren, uh, I think we'll pass it over. Well, Chris is on a roll here, so I think we're just going to, we're going to keep fucking rolling with the punches with Chris. Um, oh, absolutely. No one tuned in to hear me. No, <laughs> everybody tuned in for. I Chris. have my own show. I can do my own shit. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm telling you right now. If you want to go to, like I was saying, I'm pump, I'm trying to pump your tires here with your Instagram account. I'm trying to get your followers here. We got the wild turkey going. We're learning about elephants fighting each other. Read low. Uh, <laughs> this is tremendous. What was that enforcer name you just said? Some low guy. Read. Some low guy. Read. 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 <laughs> I like that guy. He's a good guy. Whoa, whoa. That was a solid bottle pop, bud. Yeah, that was. That's that better than any of my goddamn beers. I'll tell yeah, you that. My God. That was a solid one, bud. I oh. like that guy. He's a good guy. You got oh. that one going for you. Them, ferret, them ferrets ain't eating tonight, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, hell no. Those carpet sharks are fucking donezo yeah. for the night. No, they're good. I'll feed them. It's fine. The cat is what you really got to worry about because oh, that cat is very greedy. Yeah, the cat's all right. Oh, I got. Oh, is it Ranger? What's the... Hold on, hold on. What's the cat's name? Yeah, what is his I... name? I think it's a girl, but I'm not sure. But I was wait, gonna name so it. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. you've milked a mouse before, but you don't know what the cat's gender is. Like you can't tell that yet. I'm pretty sure it's a girl. I'm pretty sure it's a girl. I'm gonna name it Lady. If it's a girl, because it's very dainty and very sweet and nice, I'm going to name it Lady. You're going to name it what, Lady? Lady, yeah. Lady or Leahy? Lady. Like Lady Gladriel from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm telling you now, if I, I really wish the listeners of this could see my perspective. I got these two idiots on my screen. And uh, I'm just, I, I'm sitting here taking it all in. This is the greatest high definition podcast why of do, all time. Why do I got to be an idiot? What did I, what did I do to deserve that oh, title? No, because you're the ringleader of this whole Mudge outlaw, outlaw Mud show Whoa. right now. I guess I am. I'm, 
<laughs> this would be happening it. without your influence. Yeah, I'm the I'm the pimp of the it's podcast really nice world right now. Set. You're the source of this whole thing. You're the epicenter. So, yeah. Chris, you know, and here here we go. When I'm gonna go on a piss break because I know you're just gonna fucking roll with this shit. Um, you yourself, and you know, besides you you being belligerently intoxicated right now. I'm not that drunk. I'm really not. But like I said to Darren, you could not throw your hat on the ground in three tries right now. If I could, if, yeah. Could you? I'm, could I'm you? not. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, for real. Like, no, oh, oh. The, the if it was raining bottle. soup, you'd be out in the backyard with a with fork, a fork right now. Yep, exactly. With the, the open bottle of wild turkey in front of you right now. You, you've you've gone away from the glass, from the Yeti, the mug, whatever it is, and you're straight in the bottle. You're just swigging anything you can get at this point. So, Fine, I'm okay. What were you going to say? <laughs> what are your thoughts? And it... it Oh, like I said, folks, disregard his belligerently drunkenness. But that being said, Chris actually has some great points on CTE and everything that has to go with traumatic brain injuries. So, Chris, go ahead and take it away. Then I know you have an article and everything that you have as a reference. So, explain to people maybe something with the CTE and everything like that that's going on in this, not just hockey, sporting in general. All right, so. So, like CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, it is it's a brain condition that's brought about by concussive and subconcussive. So this under concussion, uh, traumatic events to the brain. Okay, so that's you know whatever playing hockey, playing football, you know all those like knockouts and almost knockouts and. Give me your bell rung event, okay? But that was kind of jammed down our throats by the guy who quote-unquote discovered CTE, who's Bennett Umalu, Umalu, okay? And this guy came up with the idea that everybody who plays contact sports suffers from CTE to some level, and they're like, dying from it and ct is horrible and it's gonna kill us all and it's this like concussive brain event that's gonna destroy society okay and you know obviously that's not true but it was kind of brought to the forefront of sports psychology and 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 that was like drilled down our throats in hockey is the severity of cte which is based off of the idea of Bennett Umalo or Omalu. I can't, I'm not gonna, I can't, I'm so sorry, I can't pronounce it right every time. It's not, I'm not trying to discredit through pronunciation. But anyway, so it's, it's, so it's this idea that's brought up that everybody who ever plays a contact sports has CTE and it's terrible and it's gonna destroy society and whatever. And that whole idea. It was grabbed and jammed down our throats as hockey fans over and over again, time after time, telling us how bad fighting is, how telling us how bad physicality in hockey is, and telling us that it should be, you know, discounted as value and that really just need to care about goals and all this kind of shit. 
Well, in January of this year, Bennett Omalu was pointed out to be a fraud. Um, he's making up diagnoses of CTE. He's saying that CTE is way more serious than it is, and he's putting it out there in sports media that he is a, like a, a crusader against this brain damage, and anybody who plays any kind of contact sport is at risk to destroy their life and family. But I want to I want to say like obviously I'm not discounting CTE. It's very serious. Right. If you were told to play the game and you were not safe, that's horribly unjust and that's not okay. If you were lied to and forced to play, that's not okay. But that's not the narrative that was shoved down our throat. The narrative that was shoved down our throat was that any kind of trauma to the brain is. CTE, we're going to die, fighting is horrible, doesn't matter who it is or how many times they fought, doesn't matter what the context is, anything, those guys are going to die, fighting is horrible, whatever. And you don't see, even though that that original narrative CTE was disproven, which again, I'm going to say CTE is bad, you want to avoid it. Guys that were lied to, that's fucking horrible, should not have happened. But to pretend we didn't know, like it hit in the head was bad, is not right. But again, like to like the the same media that shoved that idea down our throats is silent now. And I understand we have a fucking global pandemic, which is the most important thing and. You know, that's what people should be focusing on. But at the same time, hockey hockey media has no shame, right? They have no shame. They'll back Nicholas Cronwall to the day they die, but they won't ever backtrack on the CTE agenda. Which, again, you want to avoid CTE, but... Attacking players in vulnerable positions, which is exactly what Nicholas Cromwell did for a whole fucking career, led to CTE. You won't talk about that. But anyway. Yeah, so it's really kind of a gross scenario that we're in that feeds back into like how, how modern hockey is separated from hockey worth watching. And it's like, okay, so 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 Tom Wilson's an evil, fucking horrible goblin, right? He's attacking people who have no idea is coming. But they don't know about hockey in, like, the Northwest at all. Northern Hemisphere, Western Hemisphere, they don't know about those rules. They're going to put themselves in bad positions, right? But fucking... These guys who attack people who know about those rules get a free pass. And it's pretty gross when they retire. I mean, fucking Brooks Orpik, you know, you want to talk about head drama and how many careers were saved or ended. Like, that guy only fought you if you're, like, six inches shorter than him and, you know, weighed, like, I don't know, 40, 50 pounds less than him. He's a fucking gross scumbag 
He caused all kinds of concussions. And then here we are. He's retiring him and Cromwell. We're like, oh, these guys are great. They're part of championship teams. Uh, you know, they were hard hitters, but they played the game clean. Uh, eh. No, that's all a lie. Okay? They were fucking gross. They never fought. They caused all kinds of concussions. And then they get to retire with a clean conscience. In reality, they're fucking disgusting. They're slime balls. And and the fact that like hockey culture as a whole at this point accepts them as clean is gross. And at that point, I'll turn it over to Alex. I could talk about this for a long time, but I'll just say, Alec, what do you have to say? So my thing about the CTE thing, and while, of course, I've never played pro hockey, never played any high-level hockey at that, uh, the level of hockey I play at now, uh, we would get dummied by any peewee team that has had any training in the past two years. We'll put it that way. Um, my thing about it is, and I, I hate going back to it because I don't want to sound like a, a – it's a pride thing with me, but I don't want to sound like a cocksucker. Oh, see what can I say? I don't even know if I can say that in today's climate. Um, I don't want to sound like an asshole. <laughs> um, always going back to kind of the military thing, but for me as an adult, I mean, I joined straight out of high school, so that's all I know is the military. So it's almost like me going to combat and saying, you know, uh, let, let's say my job was motor T, so I drive vehicles, drive whatever. I go over there, get hit by an IED. And my foot, leg, arm, whatever gets blown off. And I go back to the government and I say, uh, I didn't know this could happen. I'm going to sue you now. You know? Um, no, I knew it could happen. I knew there was risk. And like you said, there's that gray area with CTE. Now, if if you're, you're telling the team that you can't play and they're telling you to get back out there, that's absolutely wrong. Because it's the same way with the military. If I'm telling you I'm not good, you know, I still got a concussion or, you know, um, shell shock from whatever IED, and I'm telling the, the doc or whoever is, um, you know, I'm not good to go back out there, and they're telling you, no, fuck you, go back out there and fight, I'm going to be a little pissed, and obviously I go back out there and I'm not 100%, shit's going to go sideways. And that, happen that happens um, not so much in today's NHL, of course, which is – uh, again, it's a it's a great thing that they have concussion spotters and everything like that, because um, at the end of the day, yes, I, even though all three of us, you, me, and Darren, we're all hockey fight fans, we love hockey fights, but at the end of the day, we generally do care about the players' well-being. We're, yep. we're not saying go out there and I want to see somebody get you know 14 concussions and just be a vegetable the rest of their life. No, not at all. But... At the same time, you should know what you signed up for. And like I said, to me, for me to go out there and let's say I get hit, like again, like I get hit by an IED, oh, I'm going to sue the U.S. government now because I didn't know what could happen to me. Eh, it's a little bit different. But like I said, if there's a doc telling me, you know, hey, go back out there and fight, you're fine, even though I don't feel like I'm right and I don't feel like I'm capable of fighting, yeah, that's fucked up. Or on the other hand, the doc is saying, you know, um, yeah, you're okay. There might be some minor stuff as repercussions and you're fine to go out there and it's based upon your own and you kind of say, oh yeah, okay. But they, the, 
the government or whomever the hospital withheld information from me, I'm going to be pissed at that too. So I definitely understand both sides of the spectrum. I don't, I don't, again, Dan Carcillo, it's a very, very, very touchy subject in today's hockey culture, hockey world. And there's two sides of the argument. However, the side he plays, I don't agree with. Um, but again, if, if the government, let's say, like I said, go out and get hit by an IED, get shot, and they're tell- they're not telling me something that I should know, I'm going to be pissed if I go out there and it's, it's not working right because they didn't tell me about this. Then that they're in the wrong. And so, I again, I I see both sides of the spectrum. But at the same time, who am I to go out there? I sat on the dotted line. I'm an adult. I'm 18. I made the conscious decision to go into the military. Who am I to sit there and say, oh, the U.S. government fucked me because I got hit by an IED? And luckily, thankfully, thankfully for me, and, you know, sorry to get on the high horse about the military service, um, I, I, I was never in combat, never had to go to combat, thankfully. And I say it like it's a blessing and a curse because, of course, that's what we train for. That's what we want to go out there and do. But at the same time, I get to come home every single day to my fiance and the dog every day. Um, so I'm not going to sit there and complain. And then, oh, I didn't go to combat. And it was a little bit hard for me at first to uh, transition to that. But like I said, I'm not going to blame the U.S. government if something did happen to me. So that, that that's the best way I can describe it. And again, you know, maybe I'm a little naive because I'm younger to, you know, everything. I didn't see the 80s NHL. I didn't see the early, early 90s NHL. I saw the early 2000s to mid 2000s NHL. So, um, Darren, I don't know if you have anything on the, the CTE topic as far as that goes, but that's just my two cents on it because that's, that's just kind of what I related to. Cause it's all I know. Like I said, it's, you know, I've been in construction for two years now after the military, but it's, it's just what I know and my life experiences and how I can apply it to kind of a hockey topic. No, I mean, it was, uh, no, I'm in full agreement with you. It, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it, um, I, you know, from the time, I mean, like, it, well, we were talking before we got going, I mean, I've, I've, uh, dealt with it, gone through it, had head trauma myself, played through it. And, uh, so, I mean, I have no one to blame but myself now, but, um, I mean, I'm fine, but you know, right now I'm fine. I mean, I don't know. Long-term you always have those, those worries, I suppose, but, uh, right now so far so good, but, uh, no. And I mean, I understand where the players are coming from. I mean, you, you know, you're an an elite level athlete and you, uh, especially at that time, like in the eighties and nineties, like we were saying before, it was, uh. You know, if you if you said you were hurt, you thought you'd lose your spot. So guys would, you know, fake it and say, no, I'm good. And, you know, okay, well, then, you know, fast forward 20 years later, well, I mean, that's the thing. You, you don't want to sound heartless or mean, but it's like, well, whose fault was that? You know, you said you were good to go. So it's like, you know, I mean, but at the same time, if they lied to you, that's a whole other, like I said, that's a whole other can of worms and, and that's bullshit and, and all that when you're withholding information. But, uh, no, I mean, I understand it from, from both sides and, uh, and I feel for the guys and, uh, and Carcillo, I mean, like I said, we've, uh, we've yelled at each other on Twitter and he blocked, well, he asked, he asked for a debate and I was giving him one and he blocked me. I think all three of us have had debates with Carcillo. Yeah. I'm I'm blocked. I I sent him. I'm not blocked still, so maybe I'm in the clear. But, uh, I mean, and like I've always said, 
the the at the root of his argument, I agree with him. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I'm on board with that also. Yep. Yeah, like I said, the, the there should be life after hockey, and the and the uh, and the union should be because, uh, like I said, these guys pay into, pay a lot of money into union dues for, and it's just. But then the moment they're they're out of the league, it's like it's over. It's like, well, yeah, but you took a lot of my money before that, so it's yep. like, yeah, you know. And I, being a union guy, no, I'm well, I'm in a union, but um, so it's like I I get the whole union mentality as well, but. Um, for good and bad, but um, no, they should, and they should help those guys, and there should be a life after hockey and everything set up that way. I completely agree with him on that fact, but the this idea that oh, they didn't know, or even now, or, or to use that excuse, not excuse, but reason now, oh, they didn't know. Well, then you got to be living under a rock if you don't know now, so I wouldn't use that for a reason. Um, I think the reason is just elite level athletes wanting to play. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, the, the biggest thing with all that is the personal accountability, personal accountability isn't there sometimes and, uh, where I think it should be. But, uh, no, I feel for all those guys. Like I said, I have friends and stuff that are going through it. So, I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to sound callous towards it. It is a, a real life issue, but, uh, yeah, that's. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I mean, I get lots of hate on Twitter and everything about it from from the new fans and everything oh, no, else. And yeah, and I mean, you know, when you talk about fighting and like I said, my with my YouTube account and my podcast and everything else, I've been I've been accused of glorifying violence and everything else. But yeah. uh, but I said at the same time, you know, you know, you you go on and on about body. Well, then take body contact out if you're so concerned about well, it. Well, well, for me, like, that is the main detractor of, like, quote-unquote stage fighting, right? Like, so if you're the team and you want the, the least possibility of your team being challenged, you're going to sign the biggest, baddest motherfucker around, yep. right? Yep. And for him, to, for him to prove and to show, like, hey, buddy – Regular season, playoffs, doesn't fucking matter. You don't want to play games with me and my boys. What is the easiest way for him to do that? The easiest way for him to accept a fight, beat the shit out of you. Right? And so people say, like, oh, the stage fighting is this and that. And I'm like, no. You want to be the biggest dog in the yard? You gotta put effort into being the biggest dog in the yard. Like, you want to be the biggest, baddest motherfucker around? You have to earn the spot. So, whatever the other teams have, whoever they have in their their tough guy slots, whatever you want to say, if they're not willing to fight, they're not participating in the same rank. Right, so that's where the whole argument that like stage fighting is wrong goes out the window. So then you 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 live in the stage fighting arena where everybody has somebody who's going to play the game. Well, like what your guy doesn't play the game, and you're like, I'm upset that this happened 
and my team looks like a pussy for not fighting. So I'm going to protest this event, even though all of the teams could fight and not look like pussies. And that is, that is like that whole event. I don't understand the complaining about it. I don't know if that makes sense, but to me it makes sense. <laughs> you know, like, 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 uh, stage fights, right? So you have the toughest team, and somebody doesn't have the toughest team, so they choose not to fight. Well, then afterwards, they're like, oh, we didn't fight, so we're not toughest, so we weren't ranked as good, and their team looked really soft, and they weren't. It's like you had the opportunity, every opportunity. You could have done it, but you didn't because your players are soft, and you're soft as a coach. What do you want me to tell you? But the arena was there to be a hard team. I don't know. To me, to, again, to me that makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense in what you're what, what you're thinking about. Well, there you go. Fucking a Chris. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself, bud. Um, hey, I did. I didn't know you were recording that. At this point, I am drunk. Well, I, I, you could have fooled me. <laughs> I thought you were perfectly pulper. Yeah. Fucking A, bud. That's rude. That's um, rude. <laughs> well, you know, boys, I am, uh, I'm very proud of us because we actually got, we got to all the topics we needed to cover and even threw in a couple topics from Twitter. Although we didn't get to Tony's top 10 because that would have, we'd have dragged on until about three in the morning my time. So, uh, we're not going to get that one, I don't think, but, um, you know, I'm I'm proud of you, of both of you, Chris, especially you. I'm very I'm beyond proud of you. <laughs> I have worked really hard, yes, and I think I've I think I've done a great job. You've done a fantastic. I'm just like I said, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I couldn't do a better job. Well, myself. if they were doing a Molson Cup three stars, I know who the number one star is. The number one, two, and three stars, fucking yeah, Chris Bandy, Wild Turkey, and Doctor. <laughs> Wild, t- wild turkey at number three star, doctor, doctor at number one, and banditee at number two. <laughs> Darren, I tried to not talk over you because I respect you so much. Dude, I didn't want to take. Don't even worry about it. I just want to take your evening. Oh no, shit! You're uh, tremendous. We're gonna have. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have you on my show, and we're gonna we're gonna do this all over again. There you go. I'll. Not a problem with me. Yeah, so nice he had to do it twice. Well, I can uh, tell you that fr- that that friggin' Tony ain't getting anywhere near my show. Oh so. God, don't let Tony get near you. He's just gonna talk Duker. about Ojik and Brashear all yeah, fucking night. I'm not doing a two-hour Brashear <laughs> Fucking Twister, the St. Louis Blues Department of Player Safety D- Department. <laughs> um, real quick, boys, before we wrap it up, uh, Darren, where can the uh, the folks find you at? Um, at uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and on uh, YouTube, got like two thousand fight videos up there. But I also apparently I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network now. Ooh, big news, baby! Go. You're big time. Yes, Fuck, remember, the remember us back. when you're. Uh, yeah, remember us when you're at the uh, on the red carpet and you know wheeling and dealing on, on the NHL Network. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know, but. Uh, 
you know, we're, when all that when all them dollar bills start coming in, dollar, I won't be counting bills, up y'all. weighing. That's yeah. how much money I'm going to have. <laughs> but uh, no, the Hockey Podcast Network, I am now a member of. So um, episode one will be coming out on Wednesday, I believe. And uh, from there, we'll uh, continue with the Fourth Line Voice podcast. But uh, I will have Doc Manatee on there. And uh, I'll, I'll probably have Alec back on. I don't if know. you have to. I mean, <laughs> fuck. I mean, yeah. that's literally if you can't find a guest for another three months and you just absolutely have to ask me, I guess I'll come on to your show. There you go. I will say before we cut this off, and I know you'll be listening. I, uh, at work, I, uh, like I said, I throw the podcast on in the truck and kind of roll. Um, you had Pat Barton on your show. Yes, I did. Tremendous. And Pat, I know you're listening to this cause you listen to all of Alex's shows. I, I greatly enjoyed your episode and, uh, with all your stories. Uh, and I know you said in the, ep- in the episode that you were a massive John Cordick fan. Well, I have the ultimate John Cordick DVD set coming towards coming to me, and uh, I will go through Alec, but I will get your mailing address and I will hook you up with that because uh, I I, uh, I know you're a big Cordick fan, so I'm going to get you the the complete John Cordick fight DVD set. But Pat Pat Barton, anybody listening, go to Five for Fighting Pat Barton interview, tremendous. Absolutely. And Pat, you know, can't thank you enough for coming on to the show. And um, it's funny. I have to laugh because we do the same thing over here. You know, you'd say, oh, Alec, you know, uh, I don't want to keep you too long. And we go on for another two and a half hours. And it's just the same thing with the boys. And I think that's what people really oh, yeah. appreciate. Oh, yeah, 100%. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I think people really appreciate that. And Pat, what you're doing now, I know you got the, uh, oh, what is it? You, you started the new Facebook, I guess, profile. I think it is. It's not actually a group or a page or anything. Um, I guess it'd be kind of considered a page, but, you know, to raise awareness about mental health, and I love what you're doing. I know a lot of players and uh, fans appreciate what you're doing, so you uh, can't thank you enough for coming on, Pat, and a lot of people actually have had awesome reception for your episode and love what you're doing. And um, uh, Again, what you're doing is great, and it's just i don't know i me personally i've never had to deal with too too much mental health stuff but i know for the people out there and i know people i've dealt with in the military who had mental health issues stuff like that means a lot to them so you know thank you for coming out of the show and bringing light to that and bringing attention and still bringing attention to that even on facebook um but yeah so well if when the time comes i'll uh, i'll get it i'll get pat's info and i'll definitely shoot it over to you and you could uh send him that john cordick video yeah. Yep. But of course, Chris, oh, it's gonna be like three discs, man. It'll be tremendous. Oh, well, there you go. You got a trilogy. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, where can people find you at, bud? Uh, I mean, just look up uh, Chris Manatee on Twitter. I mean, I'm Chris Manatee. My nickname rhymes with Manatee Sea Cow at quote unquote Sea Cow on Twitter. So, Chris Manatee M A N A T E E on uh on twitter and then beyond that i mean like if you can't find me that's kind of like too much you're bad it's pretty easy i don't know i don't mean to be like a rude but like it's really easy and like beyond that it's kind of sad and uh, like i'm kind of sad about my nickname as it is so i can't really give too much out there to like beyond that where it's even worse 
But I feel like Alec kind of knows what I'm saying. Why would I know? Because my name, my last name is Olin Salen, and nobody can pronounce that goddamn train wreck. Is that why? <laughs> well, well, just in general, I mean, manatee, banatee, you know. Potato, potato. You sound like you're you're, spit, you're spitting some some verses over there. Right. If it doesn't pick up, I mean, what are you gonna do? Right. There you go. Um, but also, let's talk about that Cronwall motherfuckers and that uh, orc. Chris, Chris, we already talked about Cronwall. We t- actually talked about it for quite a while too. Um. <laughs> that disgusting motherfucker, slime ball piece of shit. All right. Well, on that note, we will uh, go ahead and wrap it up right then and there. Um, boys, can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been phenomenal. And you know, for those who have listened to Williams. <laughs> Eric Lindros episode. This maybe, maybe may have topped it. So who knows? We're uh, we're we're going head to head with the biscuit, I guess. <laughs> oh, the Eric Lindros episode at this point looks like <laughs> Al-Anon compared to this. It's like yeah. child's play. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, um, I don't even think I'll do an intro for this, so I think I'll just fucking no. you know drop it how it is. So. I wouldn't do an intro or an outro. Exactly. So if you're well, looking for the uh, the podcast account, five for fighting at Facebook for the fa- uh, the page for the uh, the podcast, and of course the Enforcer Appreciation Group, where many former players will chime in, give you an inside look at what it was like playing in the uh, whether it was the show or minor leagues give you a lot of inside information and if you're looking for the podcast on social media you have instagram and it's spelled out five for fighting pod just like that and then on twitter it's five the number five for fighting pod and you know you search anything and it'll be there uh, or even just search five for fighting it'll probably be like the you know within the top five so anyways Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening, God, God knows if you're still listening. Um, but you know, we'll we'll wrap it up here. So, boys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, you know coming out of the podcast, Chris and Darren, both of you, and everybody. You have a wonderful day, afternoon, good night, whatever it is when you're listening. You got.